What's going on, guys? Dustin with the LFG 1904 show. Proud to announce our partnership with Law Tigers. If you have been in a motorcycle accident, let's get you the compensation you deserve today and get you back on the road. Go ahead and call this number, 858-306-1986. Once again, that number is 858-306-1986. Law Tigers, nationwide, doesn't matter where you're at. Call that number, LFG. Australian kid. Yeah. yeah. Sounds like a mini Jason Ellis. Yeah. Right? Um, and I really enjoyed that man. He's, I mean, you know, Joey since he's a kid. You know, I, really? I, I, yeah, I respect him, dude. I, I think he's rad. We had a, him and I had a rad talk just the other night at the uh-huh. bike night. And, you know, yeah. And uh, I mean, we're both, you know, I, I don't talk to him for months at a time, more than months at a time, you know. And uh, you can tell he's, he's getting older. And, Wiser, for sure. Yeah. He's growing up a lot. We've had so we we had knucklehead Joey, and now we're getting mature Joey. Yeah. And me and him used to butt heads, and now we're like thick as thieves. Yeah. Yeah. We're live, boys. Oh shit. Oh wow. This is the show. Okay. I know that we can't really uh, because of YouTube, we can't you know play our the song that we our intro. Yeah. We have a song. It's a Smashing Pumpkins cover, but it was done by the Van Fana, and it's yeah. a lot heavier, but. It's not worth risking the fucking copyright infringement. Dustin, Dustin. So. bring this. And the elbow. Closer on the mics? Yeah. Yep. The mic. on you the can, mics. And you can move that thing as much as you need. You know how it goes. How's that? How's that there, buddy? Move that way. I just don't want that blocking your face, the elbow of it. This? Yeah. What do you want me to do? That, that section. I don't want that thing blocking your face. The other way. Yeah, and then sit in. There, there we go. go. I'm used to this. There Every podcast go. I go on is like... This is good. We, we always cut it out, but there's sure. always like yeah. 10, uh, 15 minutes of this I'm shit. just fucking around, yeah. Typical. Uh, okay, well, there we go. Can I get you water? Celsius? Uh, I, think I'm, I think I'm good. All right. Yeah, so we got to, you know, our sponsor, Celsius. Yeah. Live fit. <laughs> We're out here getting free drinks, baby. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, Come no, on. Normally, we would. We would. That's oh, it. that's the song. <laughs> that's that's the song. Yeah, 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 that was like a... And name that tune real quick. I know that's yeah. that's a good intro it's for, a fucking, for a podcast. It was cool. The and the main line is you want to go for a ride. It was yeah, the video yeah. I used, or it was the song I used for the one of the first videos we ever put out, and I was obsessed with the cover. And like they, Vanna covered like four other songs. One of them was Corn. It was just like songs they grew up to. Yeah. And he fell in love with it. He was oh, like, man. I fucking love that song. That fucking song ripped. Yeah. Yeah, watching the video of us riding, I'm like, oh, man, you got a fucking good one. That's yeah. gold right there. It yeah. is a good one. It's one of those songs where you're like, when you find those songs, you're like, how the fuck hasn't anybody used this for right? any type of video part or, or you know, right. montage or totally. whatever, you know? That's one of them. Yeah, with 100%. I just remember coming out as a kid on the radio. Like, that, that was just, like, one of the songs that, like I was telling you before, the radio station, like, on fucking repeat, Smashing Pumpkin, Soundgarden, and all of the grunge bands. Like, yeah. I was a kid to that, but I mean, you two, I mean, you were in high school. What were you in the I 90s? Was, I was probably just fresh out of high school. I was in prison. Really? <laughs> what the fuck? I was fresh out of, uh, Bam! I was fresh out of high school. And, uh, you know, the grunge thing for me is funny because uh, I was heavy in the, um, you know, whether it be uh, from like New York, East Coast hip hop uh, to, um, you know, hardcore and punk. And grunge to me was like, I just like loser shit. Like, I didn't like any of the bands. I didn't like the look, you know? I didn't give a shit about Seattle, you know? (laughs) You know? So it kind of, like, it went by me where, ah, there's a few bands, like, you know, there was a a few bands that were pretty rough, like Tad, and and, uh, even all the way over to, like, I don't want to really, you can kind of throw Primus into that, too, like, Mm. you know, like the weirdo bands, but... 
some of those guys, you know, some of those bands grabbed me a little bit, but for the most part, I couldn't stand it. And now I'm going through like, uh, I'll go down a, like a grunge wormhole on, on YouTube. I'm like, fuck, this Soundgarden song is actually pretty cool. Right. Like, it's okay. <laughs> but it wasn't, you know, it wasn't angry enough. To me, it was like hippie shit. Yeah. I just wasn't, I wasn't well, where are you from? It. Uh, originally from uh, uh, New York, New Jersey, and I moved here from Miami. No know, shit. The all, city of New York? All up and down the, the East Coast. Yeah. Okay, so the, the hardcore scene there was fucking on and cracking oh, yeah, in the yeah, 80s. Yeah. So you yeah. had Agnostic Front, Madball. Yeah, absolutely. All that good shit. Yeah, I don't even think, no, Madball was too young. Those guys were kids. H2O. Fred, Freddie, Freddie was a kid then, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, all the, you know. From, and then the uh, DC scene. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it was it was fucking incredible, man. I got I got extremely lucky and fortunate too. With um, I would be on like skateboard tours, and uh, we would happen to catch like man, I've probably been to fifteen bad rain shows, you know, because they were they were going up the east coast at the same time or something, you know. And it's like oh shit, we're go over here. You don't you don't miss those those bands like bad rains, circle jerks, um, theater, any any never saw them. but like you know, any of those old '80s uh, punk and hardcore bands were pretty accessible to me back then. A lot of bands uh, came down to South Florida too because that scene was fucking violent. Was wow. it? It was wild. Yeah, really? South no Florida shit. Was wild man. So we had great places to, to, to go to shows. Plenty of them. And uh, yeah, that's like where uh, like I saw my first suicidal tendency show, which nothing's been the same since. No. You know, like that's been <laughs> uh, you know. Fucking suicidal was because uh, I never I didn't like the look of uh, punk either. You know, I didn't yeah, like the mohawk and the spikes and all the fucking weird like slamming heroin out of toilet water. <laughs> just just didn't like it, you know. But the the music was undeniable. Like holy shit, this is rad. You know, like forty five second song of run through a wall. You know, so rad. But uh, I didn't like the look of it. And then suicidal came, and I was like, holy shit, these guys dress like how we're dressing over here and. And uh, I was in the, you know, low riding's my my uh, my first love. So, like, I was like, oh shit, these guys get it. Like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna kind of do what these guys are doing. And back then, there was no, um, there was no way to like uh, research a band. Kind of, yeah, there was you, no you, Wikipedia. You, you read the back of the album. You kind of like looked at the inserts. Thrasher magazine would maybe say a couple paragraphs about them in the in the notes section, you know, but. Other than that, you learn about them by what, you know, the myths that were out there. The older guys would tell stories about them. And like, oh, those guys are real gangsters from Venice, you know. <laughs> so you grow up with all that. And um, and it was more fun that way, too, because you, you had to go experience it. You know, and a suicidal show in the 80s was, fuck, dude, you didn't, you survived it. Yeah, right? <laughs> I've always heard that, too. Yeah. yeah. We have some old-time friends, you know what I mean, that will still go to the shows, and they're like, these shows ain't shit. You know what I mean? Back in the day, it used to be a fucking full-on fight. It was like just getting getting with the business. It was, uh, yeah, it was. Um, so, did you do your growing up in South Florida or up on the East Coast? Both. I oh, was uh, okay. I was back and forth a bunch. Got uh, it. Broken home, you know. Um, me and my mom stayed up north, and my pops went down south, and then they would try and work it out every once in a while, and then uh, and then once I started skating. It just so happens to be like South Florida and New Jersey. New Jersey's better than New York, you know, like yeah. for everything from, from hardcore. food to hardcore to fucking skateboarding, everything. It's Jersey is um, New York's dirtier 
tougher older brother uh, younger brother yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, right it, off the yeah. turnpike yeah man you so, skate with Valali? you know such a trip um there's another so he's the most legendary skateboarder i would say to come out of new jersey he's as jersey as it gets but there's another <laughs> guy that's still doing it uh by the name of bobby pulio and both of those guys that's jersey you know mm-hmm. as classic as it gets as good as it gets like those dudes are untouchable. I grew up skating with Bobby. Like Bobby's probably my my longest running friend. You know, I, we were children, like trying to ride skateboards down a hill in Jersey. And then, uh, you know, we both did our thing. He's always been way the fuck better than me. Always <laughs> better than everybody around us, you know. But I got to grow up with him, and he would be the guy where, um, you know, typical Jersey family, like you know, the kids run the basement. So I would fly out, and. Uh, and go stay with him. And mom didn't care. You know, I was the most polite one in the house. You know, I was always very, you know, I learned at a very young age, like, be good to the parents, be overly polite, thank them a million times for dinner. You know, Bobby would get pissed. Like, come on, man, you're making me like a derelict over here. <laughs> yeah. But then you're always welcome in the house. And, you know, that's, you know, I grew up pretty poor too. So it was either like go eat spaghetti at Bobby's house or. Frosted flakes for dinner at, at my house, you know. So potted meat. That was that was my thing, yeah. So, um, but you know, the the thing with that too is this is how I knew skateboarding was uh, about as consuming as it gets. Um, I also had an uncle, uh, just thugged out Uncle Ronnie, he was in Patterson, New Jersey. <laughs> he lived on the he lived at an apartment on the top of his uh, mechanic garage, you know. And he's as Jersey as it gets, hard as nails, man. Like. So I'm staying with, uh, with with him for a little bit, and um, it was spring break, and I f- was from Fort Lauderdale, Florida at the time, the spring break capital of the world in the fucking 80s, you know? Oh, God. The whole world is going, mm-hmm. they're flying in. I remember being at the airport, and the Cocaine whole world's in the air. <laughs> flying into Fort Lauderdale, and I'm flying to fucking Newark, New Jersey. Oh, my Whoa, God. Is that out. home, Newark? And he's like, he's like, hey, uh, you know, uh, you know, I got a question for you. He's like, so you just left Fort Lauderdale, Florida, spring break, bikinis, chicks, beautiful. I was a little young uh, for it to like to, you know, probably take down a college girl, you know, like I'm wasting my time, like even going over there. And like we would go down there and like skate, try and get their attention. But, you know, 13 <laughs> years old, man, it's not going to happen. You know, I was just smart enough to know, like, you're wasting your time down here, dude. Um, but he would be like, so just left all of that to come skate with some dudes in New Jersey <laughs> and stay with me in this fucking shit all like right. everything all right with you kid like he it was a serious question you know what I mean like you okay like you know you like girls right what 80s question yeah that's, that's so an 80s question that's, totally. like, that's like my uncle you, you you like girls right <laughs> AIDS is a thing kid yeah. don't fuck around yeah. So put a you break your mother's heart. Yeah. The funny thing was, it was like, I did, I mean, yeah, you, you did girls skating and everything, but at the same time, at that age, you know, from 13 to 17, 18, you know, girls are a major inconvenience. Like, they take you off your board. Right. You know? So, you're hanging out with a chick, your friends are learning new tricks skating that night. Now you just fell behind. That's the worst thing that can happen in skating, you know, like yeah. in your group. Right. Everybody, Especially at that age, that, 
Yeah, everybody's progressing, everybody's ripping. To miss a rad session, like, oh, we found this killer ditch. Like, oh, it was so sick, best session ever. You know, I'm hanging out with freaking Britney. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> I'm over here heavy yeah. petting Britney. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> what is Britney doing for me? Yeah. Nothing. She didn't even give me a dry hand. Yeah, not even a fucking handy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, pretty much that's the way it would be. Yeah, second would. base over here. <laughs> so, yeah, after, after a few of those sessions, you know, you're like, well, I'm just gonna go fucking skate, man. Yeah. You, weigh, you weigh your options, and it is a trip thinking back. But I do remember having that conversation with my uncle, laughing, and then going and telling Bobby about it and all that shit. But you know, Bobby was like, "Yo, dude, he's got a point, man. Like, skateboarding is it. We're consumed by it, you know, and that's it. And and, and any skateboarder could could understand that. You know, they've been in that situation where it's Friday night, they could be at the whatever party, but they're Skating, you know. What portion of the 80s were you skating in? Like, what, what year is it about this time when you're skating with Bobby? Because that tells uh, the tale of where skateboarding was at, too. Yeah, I mean, just, I've known Bobby since the, the, the early 80s. Um, oh, so it was we, we, gaining we, momentum. We literally were children learning how to ride a skateboard for the most part. Like, we, uh, how I met him is I was at my grandmother's house in Clifton, New Jersey, and there's no skate culture there, you know. And um, I was just... Uh, uh, rolling down to the local bodega, and um, that's a corner store. Yeah, corner yeah, <laughs> store, the East Coast, like right. in the hood. A packy. And uh, I just looked to my right at the street that I was passing, and I saw a little lawn tramp out there and some kids skating, and I was like, "What enough? Like that didn't happen back in the day, you know?" And um, so I just went up to him. I mean, that's the way skateboarding was too. If you met another skateboarder. It was like, hey, what's up, new friend? Yeah. <laughs> so no. we're tight now. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy now. Like, you meet somebody new now, and you're like, that dude's a cop. <laughs> you know, oh, like, we got, like, four cop. people right now. We're like, he's a cop. Yeah. <laughs> but you that's know who the, you are, too. That is the, I mean, talk about a complete 180 on it. You know, like, every skateboarder you met in the 80s, you automatically became friends, you know? I didn't know we would be friends for life, but... That was that, like, um, you'd meet a skateboarder and then you'd go back and hang out at his house. Parents were always super cool, you know, typical New Jersey parents. The more the merrier. They always made extra food, you know. Yeah. And uh, and that was the, the culture of it, man. Like, any, it, it didn't, um, it didn't fucking matter who, what color you were, who you were. You, you did get judged only on your um, commitment to skateboarding. Damn. If you were, if you weren't that into it, if you were a kook, if you did other shit, if you're kind of a jock too, like well, we can't deal with you. you no, sorry, like, dude. Fuck off. Yeah, you, yeah. you got you got to be. If you were a lifer, if you were a heavy fucking skateboarder, then you were friends with that with that person. And then there, there were little cliques and little groups, but those groups would uh, would wind up getting together, you know, and skateboarding. You know, right. it, was, it was like the, the the unspoken unity in that was um, there's nothing like it, you know. What was skating in Florida like, though? Florida, Florida was rad. It was different, um, you know. In New Jersey and New York, like <laughs> it's crazy to fucking think this, but like, you know, you take the path train. You're 14 years old. You take the path train into the city, which you can get fucked up on the path train. Don't care who you are. And um, yeah, at midnight, jump on the fucking path train and go to the city from Hoboken, which Hoboken back then in Jersey was nothing to fuck around with, man. It's really All nice now. Rough, there right. was no gentrification back then. Yeah, now it's super gentrified. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's beautiful. 
The thing is, though, you can still get fucked up there, though. It's yeah. still it's still New Jersey. There's still, <laughs> they're still schemers. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? They're, they're from million-dollar homes and shit, but they'll still rob you. It's still a strange <laughs> thing. Like, they'll still be like, what's that shoes you got on, homie? You know? <laughs> I guess we got to fight now. Yeah. Yeah. Your size, what's cracking? Yeah. Uh, and that's, uh, but yeah, we would go into the city, and uh, we would call them missions or journeys. Um, uh, we called, uh, there was another, I mean, even in Jersey, there was a, Downtown Patterson, we call Freaky Town. And, you know, back then, you're skateboarding. It's all about tricks. It's all about finding rad spots and skating and learning new shit. Like, it was very militant, you know, but fun. That was how we had our fun. But there was also places where we skated just to survive. Let's go rip through Times Square and, like, ollie over bums, like, yes. weave in and out of pimps and whores and, you know, and just see the fucking weirdness and experience the weirdness of it. And um, we always felt like... We're moving at 20 miles an hour, you know. We're little kids, but as long as nobody snatches us up, you know, and then there's enough of us where we got bored. It's like we had an escape plan right. at all times, and we could we 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 could handle ourselves for being that young. But um, it's like a scene out of kids. Yeah, I mean, Literally. it was. Uh, but that's how we went down there. We went down and just experienced life way early, way fucking early, man. Like conversations with hookers. I was saying New York conversation. You know, completely where, different than what it was then, too. Yeah, like peep shows and the fucking, like you said, pimps and hookers everywhere. Dude, it, it was the craziest melting pot you could ever imagine of people, and it made you feel that like it's all weird. That's why we call downtown Patterson Freaky Town because everywhere you looked, there was just strange shit going on from somebody overdosing, like and you know somebody overdosing and dying. Like, well, there it is. Ambulance might show up. Might not, Why not right. you know, like, um, just a lot of weird, weird shit, crazy old people. Um, you know, it was like around that time period too. Was that all that controversial mental, that you know, letting the mental, you know, closing down all the mental hospitals and all that shit. That just got that just got done in the mid seventies, yep. late seventies. They were all roaming the fucking streets, man, like zombies. Which uh, I feel like I'm seeing that all again now. I know. Yeah, I was about to say that's what's happening right now. Yeah, it, it reminds me of, of old New York, you know, where there's a guy walking down the street fucking screaming at himself, screaming at himself, you know. When we were 14 years old, that was hilarious to us. You know what I mean? Like, what the fuck? Now I'm, like, insanely annoyed by it. You know, now yeah. I'm on the phone trying to talk to somebody, trying to handle something. This fucking guy's screaming. But I have to remember it. It's like, well, he has absolutely no idea what, what he's doing. Right now, or where he's at. Yeah. If, if he could have a choice, he, I bet he would have his sanity back. You know, you don't know the story, but um, yeah, there was like a time period there. I feel of like twenty years where he didn't see so much of that, and now we're mysteriously fucking seeing it again everywhere. Mm. And, we're, and we're becoming desensitized to it a as well. Thousand percent. Yeah. It's like, oh, just gotta like teach my six year old that you know some people are homeless and they shit on the street. Yeah. What the fuck? Yeah. Bizarre time. Yeah, it really is. I, I think it's a misappropriation of power and our lack of concern about it. Whereas the general populace is more concerned with what the fucking Kardashians are fighting about versus what's going on in their own fucking neighborhood. Oh, the, the, the distractions now are, you know, we didn't have that back then. There was no distract. You know, it was whatever was in front of you is what was happening, and that was it. There was no spin to it. There was no nothing. Where, um, you know, now it's like. A dude screaming on the street. There's six. There, there could be six different people. There were six different opinions on what's going on with him. 
you know? Yeah. There's people that'll try and convince you that it's your fault that he's like that. There's people that'll blame somebody else. There's people that'll blame drugs. There's people, and it's like, man, I don't need all these opinions on that. I just what's need going the guy to get there. some fucking help. Maybe some help would be good. You know? <laughs> so, you know, and then like, you know, the, the shitting on the street thing is like, that the fact that that is a, uh, that's a thing, you know. You might, you know, if you're in San Francisco, you might step in doing shit. What the fuck is going on with this world, man? Oh, I travel up and down the West Coast. Seattle, Portland, San Francisco, L.A., San Diego, all at Vancouver. Vancouver, Vancouver is say, the fucking say, gnarliest of yeah. them all. And, and the cops there are, I would say, even more crippled than the ones in Portland and yeah. Seattle. Like, they literally just have them, like, the homeless section, like, sectioned off to, like, Chinatown. And it's yeah. it's a beautiful city, gnarly, fucking gnarly. Yeah, I've been to Vancouver for Vans uh, sales meeting and a mandatory sales meeting there, and uh, I was like, "What? Why did you bring us here? <laughs> what the fuck are we doing <laughs> here, man? We on? could this have gone like, anywhere, you yeah. know." But there is a beautiful. There is parts of Vancouver. Like when I first landed, I was like, "Wow, this looks like a beautiful New Jersey, like the nice parts of Jersey," you know? Yeah. And then you go downtown, and there is, I don't know what that section is called that you're talking about, but we all ended up walking through it because we were on our way to Skull Skates, uh, which is like Skull Skates is um, about as 80s skate history as you can get, you know? Hmm. We walked through that, and yeah, there's literally people with needles in their slumped, arms on the street. Slumped over. It's, it, I, another section that was like equally gnarly was the Tenderloin in San Francisco. Yeah. I took the BART. Hopped off. I was like, oh, I'm, I know. Because I like to save as much money as I can because I'm responsible for, like, getting reimbursed. So the less I spend is less out of my bank account. So I'm like, oh, I'll take the bar, hop off at wherever this fucking tenderloin is. Had no idea what I was getting into. I get off, and I, like, I got a suitcase with me and a backpack. And I'm in the thick of it. There's a dude slumped over at the waist, standing up with a pipe in his hand. There's hookers in the street, and they're hitting me up. And then I look up the fucking block, and I see three dudes in full fucking ski masks. And I'm like, it's time to call the Uber. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. yeah, it's time to real. get the fuck out of here. Because yeah. those dudes see me. They're walking my way. I'm about to become a victim. <laughs> yeah. I'm about to become a statistic. Possibly. Yeah. yeah. It's fucking... It, and nobody, like, gives a fuck. Dude, yeah. they're, giving them, they're giving them syringes and needles and fucking pipes and everything. They're yeah, we're in recovery, s- but we have very, very differing views about harm reduction and what that looks like. Yeah. I don't think you give people Suboxone. I don't think fucking... I, I don't know. You, def- you definitely don't give them rigs and fucking, sur- you know, syringes, tie-offs. Yeah. Keep them using. You know what I mean? Like, it's fucking yeah. bizarre. You remove them from the drugs, in my opinion. If you're that kind of addict, if you can smoke weed and not shoot heroin, please keep doing that. Yeah. But if you're going to eventually go back to it, that's a fucking problem. Yeah. San Francisco's the worst, too. Yeah. That place, Ten Morning, is scary as fuck, and I was there like three years ago. Yeah. It is a trip how uh, cities handle stuff a lot differently. Um you know, like I was actually surprised to see what happened in Venice. Venice, oh, Venice is like turned around a little bit. I understand. It, in the '80s, that was one of the hardest cities, beach cities there ever was. You know, right up there with Oceanside. You yeah, know, I don't fuck with Venice locals, man. Now there are no Venice locals. Now these guys are all multi-millionaire dudes that have bought property in the, you know, in the in the nicest areas there, and they built, you know, they tore down the, the rad little beach bungalow that was there and the surf hut and. They put up this big glass monstrosity house, and they live there maybe four months out of the year as they bounce around and 
Well, now they come home and they got a homeless encampment in front of their fucking house. You know? <laughs> yeah. Nothing you can do about it. What are you going to do? You know? Uh, try that shit in Oceanside. Yeah, not going to. <laughs> but they're trying to gentrify, dude. So on Oceanside Boulevard, I know from what I've heard that they're trying to fucking push all the OG spots out. Yeah. To fucking build sky, ri- sky like high rises. They're, they're doing their best to do it. The locals are, are fighting it. Um, it's not going to be... It'll never be like Venice, you know. They're they're still the locals are finding uh, ways to stay and uh, and fight it. But it is there. There are some parts of Oceanside where, I'm like, God damn it, man! Like, why did they let this happen? Why did we let this happen? You right. know. But as far as the that, that whole homeless uh, in front of your house type thing, the motorhomes and all that shit, there was one last summer I had to laugh, man. Like, word gets around quick. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of group texts. You know. A lot of the we, we, we hold it down, you know. Police our own. And uh and this fucking uh mobile home ship box rolls up and parks in front of one of our friends' houses, you know. And uh allegedly, you know, I don't know anything. Ah, yeah. uh, I didn't even have to fucking tell it. Allegedly. That's our word. Yeah, <laughs> it was uh but, somebody may have knocked uh, on the fucking door. Yeah. yeah. Well, not even that. <laughs> <laughs> the, you know, the, it was on the you know, Whoa, whoops, excuse me. Yeah. <laughs> People were talking, and and these guys were like, they weren't just uh, you know homeless, real homeless. If there was a family in there or something, people down on their luck, well, you get you get a little extra time to figure your life out, you know. Yeah. Professional vagrant, you know, you're gonna fucking steal the copper out of out of my house when I yeah you know run to the store real quick. Well, fuck you. Yeah. I owe you nothing but violence. Yep. And uh, it was pretty rad to. See, you get, they were there for about a week, which was was quite long. It was dragging a little bit, you know. <laughs> and then next thing you know, they drive by, and there's a you know, orange spray paint on the on the motorhome that said "Times Up," <laughs> and the motorhome was just beat to fucking dog shit, like destroyed. They they were you know windshield shattered, everything blasted, and that motorhome was fucking it was gone down yeah. the road. Yeah, fucking know, love must, that. Must yeah. have just happened, you know. Obviously, I. I have no idea who would do such a thing, you know. Not even the slightest idea. Such violence, you know. Yeah. But beyond uh, me. Hey, I don't miss them. Not you know a fucking mean? bit. I don't. I don't wonder. Hey, I wonder what ever happened to that fucking those two tweakers that were, you know, harassing people and being rude. And, right. And, and being, you know, they thought they thought they were in Venice. They made a mistake. They were. Yeah, they were a little little shit. south. Yeah. Know? Take that shit back to Venice. Yeah. 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 You know, it's crazy. Is uh, I I didn't know about Venice being like as hard as it was, and then. Uh, you know the actor John Barenthal? That dude's like a Venice local. And he I listened to him tell a story about fucking these fucking rich dudes are in Venice. This is like early 90s, I think. And they're fucking with these like local dudes that are like playing the didgeridoo or something. And they fucking hassled them or something. And then they kicked the shit out of these two dudes. Yeah. I'm like, I'm fucking here for that. But Venice is fucking... When I first got to California, I... Dude, you were there, motherfucker. Uh, we were we did this trip to uh, Zuma Beach to go surf with this clothing brand. Me and him worked at Zoomies, and then uh, we were like, "Oh, we're gonna go to fucking Venice." And I'm like, "Sick! I've never been." Oh, we boy. show up, and we're at that main parking lot right before we get to the boardwalk. And I'm sitting there just like I'm a generally social dude, so I'm chopping it up with this this dude. His like homegirl comes out, and I'm talking to her, and she's like, "You're really nice. Here, have have this." I'm like, "What is it?" And they're like, "Oh, it's Boomer Tea." And I look at my buddy, I'm like, "What's this?" He said, "Fucking drink it now." I fucking drink it, and it's shroom tea. Oh, and I had shit. the best <laughs> first Venice experience. It was incredible. Yeah, it was beautiful in the '80s, man. It was the the best combination of weird 
skate, surf, culture, like it all meshed so well together. I really enjoyed my time of, of flying, you know, whenever I had a choice, I'm, go to California and skate a contest like oh yeah I'm down no, yeah. let me sure. skate like get, how far are we from Venice you know Damn. I really enjoyed old Venice uh, old LA um, that's where I always planned and thought I would move when that time came you know I didn't have a lot of love for San Diego I thought it was too um, a little too bougie even back then really and uh, but you know I didn't you know I didn't get to experience um, you know the I didn't get to experience like um, really. I always went. I was always here just for skateboarding purposes. So it was late at night. We're going. We're skating a school. We're lighting it up with a generator. Nobody's around, and then we're fucking back out of there. Like until I got to uh, actually like come and hang out in Carlsbad. Uh, you know, old Carlsbad was beautiful. Of course, Oceanside was fucking amazing to me. Oceanside has a really East Coast beach feel to it. Definitely does, especially back then. Um, and that's that's what grabbed me. Where I was like, I like this, man. I like mm -hmm. the kind of, I need that grimy, dirty, gritty, uh, just gritty beach. Yeah, like blue collar beach. Yeah, and, you know the, the the heavy locals and and then once again the skate culture there. Like street skateboarding was kind of kicked off as we know it in Oceanside. It yeah, the first real skate contest where real tricks went down and okay, this is something now. Um, Happened in Oceanside at the amphitheater. There. I was going to say, right there at the amphitheater on the yeah. big ass. Wow. Yeah, nothing's nothing's changed there. Well, little bits of things have changed, but um, that, you know, okay, so that's, to me, um, that was like seeing the footage from that contest, like the raw footage and uh, the photos and everything that was like the backdrop, the pier, uh, the bleachers. The beach, the sand, the strand, I was just like absolutely blown away by that. Like I, I want to be around that. That's really, damn, the beach, the girls, it had it all, you know. Huntington was, was like that too back, you know, back in the day. So, yeah, I mean, I'm glad that I, that's where I wound up. That's my final stop. Yeah. You know, I don't care. Where You know, whatever happens from, you know, from here on out, my plan is to just ride it out in, in Oceanside. Back and forth, I'm all over the place. I have uh, like investment properties in, in Arizona and stuff, which I have a shit ton of love there. But the plan is always home is always I I need to get home. You know, I need to. That's on the calendar. I'm always trying to, to stretch out the amount of time that I'm in Oceanside. And I saw the hat earlier at, at bike night, and I was like, I'm okay, he's a, he fucking got yeah. a lot of love for Oceanside. Yeah, 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 big time. How long have you been there for? Twenty. We're, we're closing in on 25 years. Fuck. Wow. Yeah. When I bought a house there, um, I didn't, one, I didn't want to buy a house. I wanted to live there. Right. But um, I ended up uh, making some money that year, you know, from skateboarding. <laughs> um, and then being in the industry as well. I made more money in one year than I ever made, in, you know, legit-wise. And I ended up having to give it all back for taxes, for the <laughs> most part. I didn't, I didn't spend it on the right shit, you know. So I was introduced to, I didn't know what a CPA was. I was introduced, and I'm like, well, why, what, what, what is that? <laughs> I'm the one that fucking jumped down the stairs. I'm the one that did all the, why did I, why do I owe them anything, you know? He goes, here's what you got to do. Get married, have kids, and buy a house. And I go, dude, none of that sounds fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was I'm living. doing all that. No, I'm living in Skate House with a ramp in the backyard and a dirt bike track in Carlsbad by the beach at the time. Uh, 
pretty much for free. I think I was paying like 300 bucks a month rent because the sponsors were helping me out with stuff and everything. And I'm um, like, I don't the fuck who buys a house like that sounds lame yeah <laughs> what, live there by myself you know? loser yeah so uh but then it, it really you know the, the house thing started to make sense when i started to drive in the neighborhoods of oceanside i was always like man this really reminds me of it's a cross between like a clifton new jersey um you know with the old rad houses it just brought me back the nostalgia and uh and just that culture of like historic beach house you know mm. so you know i bought a house and i'm one of the few people where i mean back then like i said all my friends that were having success making money skateboarding surfing whatever they're doing these guys are raking it in they were like what are you buying there for just save an extra hundred more you know 100 grand more you can go get into carlsbad yeah. at the time you know and they were like your payment will be like 400 bucks a month more i'm like i'm not interested in Carlsbad, Encinitas, all that. Those are all great places, but I like Oceanside. And plus, for the price, I can get I can get at the beach. You know, I want to be as I want to smell the beach when I wake up in the morning. I want to hear the waves. I can't get that close in Carlsbad, like with with my budget that I came up with. You know, so um, you guys curious to how much houses were? Yes, for sure. I don't think you want to know. I was just going to hundred. People get pissed, man. Um, Two hundred. Are you and how far are you away from the water? Two blocks. Oh, nice. I can I can't see the ocean until I walk to the corner, and then um, right where that like historic bridge is um, sure. that you always see South Ho, that old bridge where you know vehicles can't cross it anymore. It's too old, but um, it leads right to the water there. You know, so a couple blocks and I'm on a public beach. You know, beautiful beach. Um, and uh, I'm also on one of the widest streets in Oceanside because um, there's a fire department there. And the old fire trucks didn't have the turning radius to, to you know, to clear, to, the, to corner. clear the corner. <clears throat> so it's that uh, you stand on my street and every fucking photographer in the world stands on the, that street and takes photos because it's all palm tree lights and it, that's the street. That's There's a, a few of them. That's the spot. That's the spot. Yeah. That's the California dream spot. Right. The Top Gun I, house did it for me. I was Yeah, they, oh, that fuck. too. There's so much there that's yeah. it's just beautiful, you know. Uh, so, um, yeah, Oceanside was it's like the beautiful loser. Yeah. You know? Sunny place for shady people. 100%. Yeah. I love it. I fucking <laughs> and, love it. And, it, you know, I've made, I've made the best friends that anybody could make there like there's just something about that town where you know the guys that grew up there um they 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 don't make them any more fucking solid you know i don't even have to mention names but they're just the best the best dudes you know um something about the way they were raised something about the way that uh the kind of unwritten rules uh, you know in that town uh just as solid as they come man and that's it that that's a you know, those are friends for life there. You know? yeah. What was Encinitas like? Because I heard it used to be like a sleepy old biker town. Um, and that before it got all rich and bougie. I mean, maybe if you want to go back like 35, 40 years oh, or something. Okay. When yeah, I was like there, it was a dirty, uh, kind of a di- like from Cardiff south, um, you've got you got Cardiff, heavy skate, heavy surf culture. Still. Um, you, got, you had to be pretty successful to, to own there course it's always been expensive 
Back then it was like seven hundred thousand, six hundred thousand for homes. Now you're at two, three million yeah, yeah. for a yeah. house on the hill there. Yeah, all Cardiff is is a big hill. Yeah. And it, every house has ocean view. So yeah. uh, so you got Cardiff. But the thing is, Cardiff was like a SF or a New York City where you could still find a little studio in someone's backyard for three seventy five a month. So it was like heavy, it was very popular with skateboarders and stuff. I used to party there at Shanty in the office. Yep. SOS, Shandy Office Shandy. Yep. And it's yeah. dude, it's crazy how, like, from when I went there, to it's still, like, the same demographic of kids. Like, yeah. 21 to 24 in, like, the culture of whatever's yeah. going on right then. Yeah. Wild. Yeah, I mean, when I first moved here, um, uh, we used to, I used to hang out with a, a well-known artist who did all the graphics for Rhythm Skateboards and Planet Earth. He's from Miami, Jose Gomez, who was very tight with Shepard Ferry back then. Fuck yeah. And, and, Every weekend I was playing pool with Shepard. So I have like, you know, I have a, a pretty ridiculous uh, collection of Obey stuff. He would always give me stuff. And it's shit that's like printed on model paper. He, he couldn't afford a canvas back then. So he did a print on model instructions, how to put together a model. Holy and he shit. gave me that and he numbered Damn. it, signed it, you know. Damn. And we got to meet him through Zoomies. That was fucking rad. That was one of like, him and, and Giant were like two of my fucking idols. Yeah. And, like, what initially got me into wanting to start a clothing brand was what Rebel 8 then had going on, but most importantly, Mike Giant's artwork. And then yeah. Shepard. Meeting Shepard, I had him fucking... Uh, it's a felony to... Maybe I shouldn't say this. Allegedly, it's a felony to write on dollar bills. But I had Shepard sign a dollar bill for me. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He, did, he said, just one one more for the road. And fucking yeah. Shepard Ferry was fucking... St- I wish I still had it. Yeah. I think, I think the ex got that in the fucking divorce. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Went to the bag, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Fuck. That's fucking wild. Dude. Yeah, I mean, it was all it was. I mean, look, thinking about that back then, you know, there was another famous artist, skateboarder, Andy Howell, who um, we would be down there. Buster Halterman, pro skater, like it was just a bunch of legends in this shit bar. Yeah. Every you know, the office is where we. That's where fucking, we hung out. That place is fucking like it's got such dingy good vibes. Yeah, though. and there was a saloon in Encinitas, which I'm uh, permanently banned for for Let's my hear it. for my own good. Um, <laughs> I ended up, uh, uh, I mean, I, it's, fuck, it was so long ago. I don't know if I can say too much now, but there was an altercation, and it was when I first started with Vans. And, um, Sponsored it, or working for? Uh, working. For oh, shit. So, yeah, it was serious. And, um, you know, I went down there. I wasn't, I wasn't, I didn't, I wasn't, um, I wasn't in the know that when you're with a corporate brand like that, you're the face of the brand and you can't be putting hands on people. Even if you're, if it's in self-defense, you know. Luckily, uh, that bar's owned by, you know, Adrian Lopez and, and uh, some, of the other, some of the other guys that, 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 that covered for me. Like, oh yeah, I mean, he was, he, whoever it was, it was the guy defended himself. I think his name's Steve, he's from LA. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. and, uh, he's from out of town. Yeah, yeah, I don't know who this is. Uh, yeah, this, I mean, this did, dude got fucking my he deserved it but he hit me in the face with a bottle but the bottle just kind of like slid like the, the wet slid off my face I didn't even feel it you know but it broke when it hit the ground and uh, that's when I turned around I was like yo you put your hands up dude so he got mopped up and um, yeah it could have it could have been really fucking bad and uh, of course you know I, I wasn't there no um, but the uh the thing that happened at the round the same time is there's another rep in the industry um, that was uh, just a, a 
heavy hitter. He's still around. He recovered well from this, but he wound up beating the brakes off some dude at an event that worked at a skate shop. He's, he's at an event all day and, um, you know, like opening up boxes and like giving stuff away. So he's got a box cutter on him. And then um, some dude that works at a shop, he wasn't even sure that he, he didn't even think he worked at a shop, but just randomly started fucking with him. And he stretched the neck out on a shirt. Like, the, you know, these pro club shirts here? Yeah. yeah. Don't disrespect. It's like stepping on someone's shoes on right. purpose, you know? Like yeah. It's worthy of, of losing some teeth, you know? Yeah. So, uh, well, fuck with my pro club, dog. Come yeah, on. man, it's just, just, just lame, you know. So, just don't be touch my shirt. Yeah, so <laughs> the dude, the, uh, uh, I, I mean, I can say his name. It's a, it's a, well, it's a known thing in the industry. His name's Jimmy. Jimmy, <laughs> Jimmy popped him like he should have, right. you know. Uh, and then, of course, the, Jimmy hits like a truck, man. So, <laughs> yeah, dude, just, just cinder got, blocks from the hands. He got severely injured, and, uh, and the, the dude that owned the shop, called Vans and he's like you know, your, your rep just beat up one of our employees I'm afraid of him now I can't have him you know like what so now that goes to like Vans legal if this is corporately owned this is this isn't you know yeah. a garage Jeff's brand. not answering yeah, yeah, the phone right. saying I'll handle this yeah, yeah. Um, so it ended up going where like he ended up losing his losing his gig fuck and uh, it sucked because he was by far the number one like him and I were an experiment that old Vans management did, mm. where the average uh, guy that works at Vans, like, um, if you know, to be a, a rep, if they they want ex pro skaters or surfers, um, and um, you know, guys that are just kind of at the at the end of their career, not quite sure what they're going to do, but they're good guys, they're solid, and they're they're ready to learn. You know, you're ready to because there's the learning curve is gnarly. It's intimidating as shit, man. It's, Scariest thing I've ever done, I think, is go work at dance. That that, that making that choice to yeah. just go and, and stop doing what I'm doing, which was guaranteed easy money, to go do to go over to Vans. Vans is intimidating as shit, man. Um, it's like a Nike. Yeah, know? really. And is, you're yeah. surrounded by the top top of the, the top designers, top everybody is everybody in marketing. It's all just, legends in that. You walk in the building and you're like fanning out. You can't fan out. Yeah, you got to go to work. Man. <laughs> yeah, it's time for you to go handle some stuff. You know. What was your first position? Were you a marketing guy or sales? Uh, they brought me in as a. I was known as a. So the, the sales rep thing at Vans, you're not. There's, they don't really need a salesman. Right. Um, you kind of direct the brand, and you're in charge of like how that brand shows up. Um, you know, if you notice when you go into all the best skate shops, Vans is front and center on the wall. They got the best BOP. If the product is very current, um, everything everything's flowing in correctly. It makes sense, and uh, that's what you that's what you do. You got to kind of ward off your competition is trying to do the same thing, you know, mm. uh, in a much dirtier way. You know, Vans <laughs> is a very clean way of, of, of kind of doing it. So you're limited on your your tools and what you can do, and it, you got to be patient. It, it's it's I've learned more with the whole Vans thing, um, more about life. You know, like as far as the patience thing, like Vans taught me the right way of doing it. The way I handled shit at the saloon is wrong. Mm -hmm. You're not, you're only going to get so far in life that way. Yeah. Um, there's been many times where I wanted to choke somebody out, but instead I just went ahead and 
destroyed them in a business. Oh, that's, that's like my life. Best. It's literally my life. I, w- I work in corporate right now, too, and there's a thousand times where I'm like, in my head, I'm like, I just beat the shit out of this yeah. guy. You break him. But I'm like, hey, thank you. You break him you know with a mean? smile on your face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or like, what can I help you with? Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm going to catch you during review season. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, and that's, uh, you know, they call it friendly competition, but there's no, there's nothing in that. Like, mm. Don't they're trying me. to eat off my plate, so good luck to you. <laughs> um, but, yeah, that's was, you know, with the, um, you know, learning that, oh, that whole time period of me doing that, and luckily that all kind of faded away. I, the same thing could have happened to me. You know, if that escalated, if someone, you know, did not see me, you know, or whatever. Yeah, right. yeah. Sure. Uh, so, you know, since then, it's been like, I've had a much more heightened awareness. You know, I used to always, um, everything revolved around my hands, you know. You can't, you can't, you can't do that uh, in, in certain situations, you know, in it, most situations now there's. Cameras everywhere. Everybody's yeah. got a fucking. Everybody has a fucking. Paid a thousand dollars for a fucking encyclopedia that films yeah, everything. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Fucking wild. So you said your first love was lowriders. In what sense? Like lowrider bikes or lowrider cars? Cars. Oh shit. Yeah. Do you have your dream car? I, I own it. Yeah. You own it. What yeah, is it? For like fifteen years. Sixty-two uh, convertible SS Impala. Mm. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> I got that thing straight showroom. You know, and I drive it drive the shit out of it. Most guys put that car on the trailer and they bring it to places. Take the wheels off and look at my chrome, you know, brake calculator. <laughs> Fuck all that. <laughs> um, you only, we're only here once, man. Life goes by fast and there's nothing like, um, nothing like rolling the coast in California on a beautiful day with blue in the passenger seat and, and uh, you got the oldies kicking and, and your head is just, you feel your head clearing it's so good. It's up there with motorcycles. You know. Same. 66 Ford Galaxy convertible. That's the dream. Those, yeah, those are nice. The tough part about Fords, though, is um, you compare them to Chevys. Like, if I was to fold up my quarter panel on my Impala, which would fucking suck. Because <laughs> it's all OG. It's all original. I could go buy a quarter panel. Not in a junkyard. Nope. Ford Galaxy, you got to go find a junkyard. You got to go find one. You got or you or you just have to fix that panel. Um, There's no reman parts for it. Ford is very neglected in the, the vintage scene. Fuck. Yeah, it's pretty gnarly. You wouldn't think, um, and Chevy's just so popular. That's that's a kind of why the Impala and C10 truck thing is. Yeah, you can huge. literally you can just go and buy all the parts. Buy a hood. Buy. You don't have to go. Walk around with a bunch of tweakers at a junkyard. Wow. <laughs> fucking get stung by wasps. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's fuck. pretty fucking amazing. It looks like you're uh, picking a new car. Well, I mean, <laughs> if I if I had a backup, it would definitely be a Cadillac Eldorado. Yeah, probably I mean, a later '67, '68. Cadillacs are easier to get parts for. There's more of them out there than there are Galaxies. You know? Yeah. Um, uh, I mean, I, I've always I've never been a big fan of uh, of the Cadillac thing, but my friend Eric up at Oceanside just just put one on the road. That's literally changing a lot of people's uh, opinions mm. on them. It's, when they're done right, the way he did it, they do look good. He what was good the car? Uh, I just saw a video. It was you walking up to a lowrider and Blue yeah. walked. Is that, the, is that the one? Everybody tripped out on that video. One, because they're like, how did you teach Blue not to jump? I mean, on the car. Yeah, because that car, that's a $150,000 car right there. Yeah. It's a, you know, 
Ice Cube video car. It's a Dr. Right. Dre car. Oh shit. Um, yeah, that you know that dude is uh, once again like him and I go so far back and we've been through so much shit. Uh, he's family to me. Uh, it's Lowrider Lee. Um, he's from up in Oceanside. Very connected in the Lowrider game. It's I, I love seeing him in a car that nice because where he comes, you know, his background is that wasn't in the cards for him. Fuck. You know, now he's hustled. He's done his thing and, and he's. Uh, G man, like, I respect that dude, and you know for that it's, it's funny you go places with him and guys that that know lowriders know him and they're like there he is yeah it's a trip you go to L A with him or something you know like that's the guy, but it's kind of neat in, in Oceanside you know he might just roll up at my house and we'll go for a little cruise and then Eric was there too that that Cadillac was you know, we all just went for a cruise that's it maybe Very go cool. grab some food. Um, it's and a, it's, the it's one. His, it, yeah, it's as basic and as, as simple as it can get. There's nothing complicated about it. You know, like that plan came together in uh, seven minutes, maybe. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like my day changed. Like, oh, right. you're on your way over. Oh shit! All right, well, let me go get gas. Let me let me. Yeah, right. got the whole got the whole thing going. There it is. Yeah, like we're we're gonna do this. You know, yeah. when when uh, when we can get together, everybody schedules it. We all battle. Same thing with motorcycles. Getting everybody together, it's so much easier said than done, you know? We give each other shit, you know, like this and that. Um, you know, it used to be like me and the San Diego Customs guys, like in our younger years, we were always out on the bikes. Always, man. In the summer, man, it was just a daily thing. You know, we were going to go do something. Something was going on. Uh that goes that as you progress in life and things get busier and things get crazier and, and more responsibility comes, you know, and then one, you know, one of us moves to Ramona, another one moves, to, you know, we all used to live in the, mm. things change so fast as you get older. Uh, it's hard to get together, man. That's why you, you don't take it for granted, you know. It's, it's, it's so awesome to be able to do things like that. Just go for a cruise with your friends. Go hang out somewhere. Go grab food, you know. Um, it's uh, it's it's my favorite, one of my favorite things to do. Just a random like, oh shit, we're gonna go ride. Like, all right, let's go do this. God, I know that's we just got back from Yosemite. I'm like just thinking about that. I'm like, fuck, that would suck, man. Yeah. I mean, we had such a good good time. We had like 14 people. We we're just cruising around Yosemite on our Harleys. It was yeah, fucking rad. So you went up there with Joey. And, and mm -hmm. They did. I went out to Arizona to see my kids. Oh, rad. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and then there it is. You know what I mean? Like, you would have went, but there's kids. There's yeah. age, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, the, those challenges are, uh, it's the only, because um, I always say I'm going to live my whole life cheating adulthood. You know, ah. Skateboarding is going to be in my life forever. Motorcycles, low riders, um, you know, stuff that so many of my friends, you know, I've seen uh, dozens of, of, of you know, guys that were perfectly happy doing what they were doing. You know, they were they were skateboarding. They, they were into cars. They had projects. They had bikes. And then they did this thing called, like, somebody in their family, or they met a chick, or they did something that, that stopped all that. Like, hey, you got a kid on the way? You better sell all those bikes right. because you're going to need the money for, for that kid, you know. Or, you know what? You need to get a better job, you know, or you need to do... You're 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 gonna be 35 years old, and now it's it's time for you to start acting a certain way, looking a certain way, living a certain way, and they they took the bait, and they mm. did it, and it's sad, man, because uh, I wouldn't trade not growing up for anything. 
I love this shit, man. Right. You know? You never you been know? married or anything? No. No, nah, nah, it's not for me. I lived, the, I lived the life. I had a close call. Yeah, I, I, I did. <laughs> 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 I, 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 I had a close call. And it sucked too, man. Because so many people made fun of me. Because I'm that dude who who will preach to the young bucks, like, "Yo, man, don't you know? Be careful. Yeah. Like, um, you know, be careful in that life. You could lose everything <laughs> if it doesn't. You know, you do all the work." And if she decides she doesn't love you anymore, you're the one who's got to go live in a fucking doghouse apartment somewhere. She gets all the shit that you earned, you know? Um, and then all of a sudden, I, you know, I own all this shit. And uh, I meet a girl that, you know, didn't have a pot to piss in. And I did all the things yeah. that uh, <laughs> I, I claimed Preach. I would, I yeah, would never do. <laughs> yeah, but love is a motherfucker. Yeah. Oh, it, it really drug, is. It's got, it's got nothing to do with pussy or any of that. So you're pussy whipped. It's, no, man, you just you fall in love and then you, you you just become blind, you know, to, to what really is happening. Like, oh, they're moving into your house. You know, like, okay, well. That's weird. There goes the bachelor <laughs> pad, you know. <laughs> um, you know, everything changes. It changes so fast. You know, I struggled with it the whole, basically almost the entire time, you know. By the time I almost kind of figured it out, it was over. <laughs> it, was, it was years of, uh, of, of a learning curve and, and all that. Um, you know, and I had it easy too, man. Like, I, I look at my friends where, like, you know, they meet a chick and she's got these nightmare shit kids and, like, baby daddy drama and all this stuff. Like, there was none of that. It was, it was all easily handed to me. It was mm. all great, but... Um, you know, but you know, I, at the end, things, you know, didn't work out between her and I, and I still got my house at the beach. That's the happiest fucking ending there could ever be to the ending of any relationship for a male. Oh my yeah. God! Yes, <laughs> I lost that. We're still friends. You know, it's all good. We we should have. The thing is, we should have been friends since the get. You know. Yeah. Um, you know, super good people. No, no, no bad stories. There's no drama. No, nothing. It just didn't nothing. work. It just it didn't, just work, didn't work. Yeah. You know, you, there's a lot of. Uh, you, you know, as you go through, like, dating girls and hanging out, a lot of girls you should have just stayed friends with, you mm. know, and, or, or just, you know, kept it a booty call or whatever it was. You got too serious. You're two different people, two different paths. And then the whole thing, it was like, look how much you change from, what if you get married when you're 23? Oh. Look how much your fucking it. opinion changes. Yeah, I know. I was about to say. Growth uh, to grow together. Yeah. I mean, I, I do have some friends, you know. I've even got some. Some, you know, young blood friends now I've known since they were kids. And I'm like, oh, good. I'm so happy for them because it's just so obvious. They met their soulmate. You know what I mean? And then I don't discourage that at all at this point. You know, like, fuck, you, you did it. You won the lottery, you know. Mm. Go be happy. Go kill it, you yeah. know. Don't fuck that up. Yeah. But then there's also still the, the dude that, you know, just just paid off his first house, you know. And now, now he's moving in some whatever the fuck, yeah. you know, situation. And there's drama, and he's bummed, and he doesn't have a motorcycle anymore, and he sold it. Every move, you know, I had a talk with a friend where I was like, dude, every move you've made in the last five years that I've known you has been negative, and you've made a fucking excuse for it. I didn't really feel like riding anyway. Everybody's a bunch of assholes uh, out there, you know. Like, yeah, it's, eh, that car, that thing was a can of worms, man. I was over it. I was never going to finish it anyway, and this and that. And I'm like, what do you do on the weekends now? You're just, just giving just away your happiness, bro. Yeah, right. you just Whatever she wants. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I bed, don't know. Hey, what are we Bath doing? and Beyond have yeah, a, yeah. a sale. What are we doing this weekend? Okay, cool. Oh, <laughs> yeah. oh what am I doing? Oh, okay, got it, got it, got it, got it. That's what I would say we're doing right now is like 
I know for Dustin and I, we've been ex- for the longest time we were exchanging our time for money, and in return, fucking missing out. And like I've been fortunate in the last year to be able to fucking quit the corporate gig selling cars and like pursue this full time. And then our our goal is. Before, Are you doing? You're doing LFG full time now. We're Good doing for it. you, man. That's the American dream. It it fucking feels like it, but it's also stressful. And like me and Dustin own a print shop together. So we print not only all the LFG gear, but we also do every everybody else's shit too. So anybody, wow. you can come. We'll what a print great, your fucking clothes. What a great business to yeah. be in, though, man. Yeah, and it's, know? it's out of his house. Yeah, we were sick of. So I mean, our screen printer was great, but you know, there's he's busy. So we started in 2020, but nobody was really working. You know, what I mean, everybody's stuck inside the house, and so we decided to do this. Yeah, and so we had full access. And then as our screen printer started getting his business back, he was like, "Okay, well, you know, your pieces compared to." so-and-so's that I worked for for 10 years. So we were kind of getting on the back burner. I'm like, Graf, we can do this. Yeah. You know what I mean? I want to do this. And fucking, we just start doing it in the first fucking eight months, man. Yeah. He bought a house. We put the fucking shop in the garage. And then, like, our goal is before fucking March next year, maybe he'll be able to fucking, I don't allegedly he'll be able to yeah, fucking yeah, step allegedly. away from his fucking yeah. corporate gig. I don't know if anybody from your work watches. Oh, I'm sure. Oh, great. Well, <laughs> he might, he might not. I don't fucking know. There's yeah. nothing wrong with anybody that frowns on going to do your own thing. Fuck them. The yeah. fuck? Yeah. The gospel right there. That's, that's, I mean, I've, uh, I've been doing my own thing my entire life. I've never been an employee of a, of a brand before. I'm an independent contractor with everything that I do. Mm. No W-2s for me. Uh, make your own rules, make your own schedule so that nobody can tell you how hard to kill it. You know, if I want to, you know, I'll, work, personally I'll work a 24 hour shift. No problem because I want the money because there's a road glide out there. I want to go grab. Right. You know? <laughs> That's the only way I can work. I can't just tune out at a certain time, the same time every day. You know, sometimes I want to go make some money. That's where like real estate investment is, is good. You yeah. Know, you make your own schedule, do your own thing. You make your own choices, you know? Right. Um, I highly recommend that. You know, life is a, you know, I, one thing I preach, life is so short. One thing I've learned about with this whole dog thing, too, is, like, our lives are short. You realize that as you get older. Everybody will agree with that. Life is short, man. Their lives are a flash. A dog's life is, like, really, really, really short. So you have to milk every day with them like it's their last, you know? You've got you to really take every single day that, what you can get out of that day um, from, from just having fun, mostly. I mean, that's my, my new kind of, uh, uh, you know, how I judge. How good was your day? How much fun did you have? It used to be how much money did I make? How much fun did I have, you know? Um, and that's, you know, with, with a dog, like you think with their mentality. They get up, and they just want to have the fucking best day ever, you know? They're not here for a long time. Spend time with the dog. Spend time, and you, you kind of take that of like, okay, our lives are pretty fucking short too, man. So make everything you can out of it. Spend time with your family. Um, you know, just try and make your life as positive as it possibly can be. Mm. You know, well, that's PMA, that says baby. It. Yeah, that PMA. I, that's I said. I quit. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Danny. Yeah. I'm done. We're, we're not quite there yet. So I know you you're watching. Guess what, motherfuckers? <laughs> yeah. Still got a mortgage to pay. Hold on. Yeah, 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 yeah. We got to be responsible in these decisions yeah, that we yeah. make. <laughs> right. Jesus, yeah. Danny, you come on here. You're upsiding the fucking shit, bro. Oh. Goals, man. No, it's, 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 all, it's all goals. Goal, yeah. And it's, it's crazy to think that, like, I, 
I don't want to make it about me, but I I fucking lost my job here in 2020, and I was freshly back into recovery, and I had been talking about doing a clothing brand, and it felt like my friends didn't want to see me fucking relapse, and they were like, let's do this fucking idea. And, like, they got behind me on it, and it's grown into this fucking gnarly thing where, like, we're about to be fucking, that's what we do. That's all we do. We do this, we print shirts, we do events. Yeah, and it's, what I like about your brand, too, is it's, like, there's a meaning behind it. There's like a real story behind it. You know, it's not just uh, you know a lot of guys these days just throw some tough guy graphics on a shirt with some you know I'll punch you in the face if you look at me wrong, fucking <laughs> yeah. whatever on it. Yeah. And, and now we have a brand. You know, like nah, I'm not interested in, in wearing any of that kind of shit. You know? <laughs> but that you guys have that that positive thing going on, uh, which is which is really cool. And I'm not one of those. Uh, I don't believe in you know I, I've been sober for a long time, and a lot of people. There's still, I have friends that you know I've known for years, where they don't even realize that I don't drink, you know I, I don't talk about it, you know I just you you won't really catch me in a bar if you do, I might hang out out front or something like that, talk to my friends or, um, nothing in there for me. That's what I was telling Josh the, the other day. It's not, it's nothing in there for me, man. Nothing good's gonna gonna mm-hmm. happen, you know. So, uh, um, did something happen? Was there a turning point for you? To, to get sober? Yeah. Yeah, there was. We, I mean, I feel it. Wouldn't you say that everybody that uh, gets sober, um, they hit a crossroads? Wouldn't you say, like, that's kind of what makes you think? Because otherwise, otherwise you don't think. You um, you just keep going and doing what you're doing. I wasn't having a bad time. <laughs> I just drank a lot, man. And, yeah. uh, you know, my whole thing was malt liquor. Really? Yeah. 40s, baby. Yeah, man. It was... It was 89 cents cold <laughs> ass bottle of them. Yeah, you get a fucking ton of them. And, uh, you know, I, I had a friend that. Um, Would you drink Mickey's? Uh, Mickey's was good. Old King English. He's old, old English. Brass monkeys. Yeah, no, nah, I, I liked Old English. That was that was my thing. A cold Old English, you know. <laughs> but I would drink whatever beer was in front of me. I never really got into hard liquor, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just a, you know, it had to be, but it had to be almost frozen cold. That was my thing. Like warm beer was was that wasn't gonna happen. Um, but that was, and you just get into the habit of it, of like, okay, sober up just enough to skate, be slick, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, I couldn't skate drunk. Some guys can, can do that. Um, sober, it, when it became to that point where it was like, sober up enough to skate, maybe get be productive in that sense of the, because when you're a, a skateboarder, the most productive thing you can do is learn a new trick. Nothing puts you on a higher, <laughs> it doesn't matter what, that's it, man, you, you fucking did it. So as long as you're progressing, whatever else you're doing in life doesn't fucking matter. It doesn't have any effect, you know. Um, but I got tired of it, and then I did a lot of shit, like, uh, you know, whether it would be uh, burning a bridge with your friends. Yeah, I beat up one of my friends or something. I didn't deserve it, you know, or whatever. Like, oh, why did I do that? And then you realize all the shit that you, that you were doing that you wouldn't have done if you were sober. Mm-hmm. And then staying sober... Um, it was, it's over the years, I always play the, you know, in, in your head, like if you're on a long plane ride or something like that, you're sitting there thinking, you ever do the like kind of, what if I didn't, what if I did, what, what if I never left Jersey? What, right. Who the fuck would I be? What if I never left Florida? All the time. You know, what, if, what, if I, what if I didn't take that stern advice from one of my sponsors to, you need to move to California, you know? What if I said, fuck you, I'm going to stay in Florida, I'm enjoying my little racket I got here in South Beach, you know? Like, <laughs> um, you know, you think about it, and, and, and the only thing that I know for a fact on all of that, because anything could have happened. You don't know. You weren't there. You, you decided to do something else. 
I know for a fact that there is no fucking way that I would be the face of, um, you know, Vans would allow me to be the face of their brand if I drank at all. I would have fucked that opportunity up big time. I'm ready to talk business at 3 a.m. You know, I could be, I was a dude at, you know, everyone else is partying at the trade show parties, you know. I'm out front, and I've had conversations with, you know, heavy hitters in the industry where I'm 100% sober, and I could talk numbers, strategy, uh, brand awareness, direction, which way you want to take this thing. And they're just like, what the fuck? <laughs> you know, like, how does he know, you know, how is he this together? Uh, no matter what. Even the drunkest, most partying dude ever that owns a brand respects that, and like, I want that on my. You know, that dude's a killer, man. Like, he's got it together. He's got yeah. his shit together with no shame. Right. And uh, that becomes more addicting. You know, being known as the dude at Vans, I'm known as the dude that'll get it done. You know, uh, which sometimes can be a burden because they throw a lot of shit on me yeah. that, that isn't really my deal. But I'll, I'll take care of it because. I, I'm addicted to that. Like, all right, G will get that. Oh, that's a job for G. Yeah, you know, he's, like, he's all, yeah, he's all he'll over He'll fucking it. handle yeah. that shit, man. Um, that's more addicting than, than uh, drinking. Did you see your, like, your progression as soon as you stopped drinking, too? Was yes. It just, yeah, see, that's yeah. the same thing with, with us when we got clean, especially this time around because I was a revolving door. Yeah. But it was the same thing. You know, I called the fork in the road, and it was like, am I going to keep going to jail and being this guy? Yeah. Or am I going to do something different, you know? Yeah. And thank God I did because I, I know that I would have been that guy or dead by now for oh, yeah. sure. So it's like. That's it, all obvious stuff. Anybody that's sober is like, there's a good chance you would be dead by now. Mm-hmm. Dustin yeah. was the gnarliest of us. He was fucking like IV drug user. Like I'm a party animal. Like you catch me at the bar ruining a fucking relationship. Yeah. Or <laughs> staying out till four in the morning. Dustin was fucking out there getting after it. Yeah. So the fact that he's fucking as successful and put together he is, if you put this motherfucker in a long sleeve shirt, well, never mind. he's yeah. got his fucking hands yeah. tattooed. Well, <laughs> you know, it's something that we all experience. I was just getting to the point where I was feeling like people were writing me off. Like, oh, uh, fuck. He'll, he'll, that, that's just G. He'll never be shit. You know right. I mean? like, Wasted just, talent. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he was over there being a fucking idiot again? Like, yeah. Yeah, that whole thing again. Like, I didn't I like that. that so, I, I didn't like that. that reputation at all. Right. You know, I didn't like be even uh, like the. I've always hated bullies. I can't fucking stand bullies. Me too. And I started to get known as the dude that would, that would you know, when you're drunk you'll fight anybody. Oh yeah. You know, and it was like that dude. That's not a good look when you're, you're beating on somebody that you know, you know, <laughs> you grab the lowest hanging fruit when you're drunk. Right. You know, and um, that disgusted me like hearing stories like dude, you know what the fuck you did why would you why would you fuck that dude up he's so nice to us when you did this you he looked know? at me wrong goddamn it yeah, and, and when you're sober you're just like i i can't even tell you why i did it i'm a, you know why he's i'm a fucking idiot you know mm. and i just knew like dude, if you just stayed sober you would never do that and uh i luckily that crossroads you know kind of mm. hit me and I, I made the decision i stuck with it uh, before then, like before that, the actual crossroads, I probably had about maybe a dozen failures, you know, where like, you know, you wake up in the morning and you're like, oh, I feel Fuck. like fucking shit, I'm done drinking. And I'm like, I'm done, I'm done. And you're like telling your friends, I'm fucking done. Yeah. And you fall off, you right. fail. It took that, um, it took that crossroads mm-hmm. where like, okay, you're, you know, 25 years old now. What kind of person are you going to be? You know, you really want to go into your 30s, a pile of shit, you know? And, uh, and it just worked. And then there was no more failures, no more slip-ups, no nothing. 
People ask me now, they're like, dude, you're so fucking militant. And uh, you got it so together. It's been so long. I'm, at about, I'm about to hit my 25th year of, of being sober. Um, people are, you know, like, don't you, don't you miss, like, what do you miss about it, if anything? And I'm like, what do I miss? Hot ass day in Florida and a slice of pizza or a fucking deli sandwich. You know, we got the real delis down there and stuff, New York style delis, and a beer. I miss that, you know. And they're like, well, why don't you, you could do it. You know, you're not you're not gonna risk all your and everything you've built your empire for fucking you know. And I go, but why? Why? It's going. It's working. Yeah. It's a fucking point. Right. There, I, I'd rather do a sprite and guarantee <laughs> that I don't fuck my shit. Yeah, right. <laughs> guarantee I don't get a deep. Yeah, there's a ninety nine point nine percent chance that I can drink a beer right now, satisfy that craving, and move on with my day. Why? Though? Yeah, it's like oh, a, that's, fuck, a, that's fucking a gnarly why? risk. I, yeah, I can't even fuck. I know without a shadow of a doubt if I fucking, if I fucking inhale a fucking beer. Yeah. It's like blood to a fucking shark and yeah, I'll fucking yeah. light ever just fucking oh, goose, light my goosebumps just doing that. <laughs> Imagining one opening uh, that smell. Uh, yeah. Fuck yeah. yeah. God. Yeah. I'll never, light my it, whole life on fire. It never goes away. Uh, the craving never fucking no, goes away. I don't think so. It, you know? For like in recovery speak, the phenomenon of craving, like I don't crave it like I did back when I was doing it. Because it's like that, it fucking triggers something in my brain to where I fucking have to have it. But it, it's like you said, it's always in the back of your head. But how do you, this See, is what I don't get. Real how quick, do you smoke? What, what I what I had to what I had to do is the obsession. You know what I mean? Because I would obsess about using. Yeah. So I had to like really when I came into recovery, I had to learn how to get that out of my mind. Yeah. In order to to not have those cravings and like urges, and I can be around places not not with drugs, but alcohol. You yeah. know what I mean? And it wouldn't fucking bother me. You know, luckily for me, I mean, I don't go to like a fucking opium den or something. You know, what I mean? <laughs> that might be a different story. You know, I mean, I really Not like the trap house. But I mean, yeah. alcohol was still, but that goddamn obsession would just fucking kill me. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, I mean, I think that's really cool that you were able to be 25 years old and you had that much awareness to where you're like, you know what, I'm fucking done drinking. Yeah. Because I mean, I I had to be forced into a fucking program to you know clean up basically, but. I know a few people like you too that they can just do that. It's a fucking. It's I was really maybe amazing. maybe two years from that, maybe a year from that. Okay. Being you know, yeah, somebody was gonna. I felt it coming. Right. <laughs> people were getting tired of my shit. Yeah. You know. Right. So now that, well, let me back up. How do How I do smoke you? weed? Yes. Oh my god, <laughs> dude. It, I know you. I've heard Dustin talk about it, and it's the same for me. It's like crippling anxiety. Like, why did I do this to myself? It's the worst drug I've ever done in my life. <laughs> weed, dude. Yes. But all my friends. What know. strains are you guys smoking? It doesn't matter. It don't matter. It doesn't matter what it is. Mexi seeds, seeds, whatever. <laughs> I don't care. But fuck, yeah. I'm climbing <laughs> <weed. I'm> <laughs> up the fucking roof. So growing up, you know, weed was a you know, heavy culture in South Florida and all that. Everybody was doing it. And uh, for me, it was an economic thing. 89 cents to get me feeling real good for a bottle of Old English. I mean, that was a beautiful thing, you know. <laughs> and no matter how much you drink, uh, you know, the fucking, uh, a, a nice fucking uh, big tall OE is always, you're, you're going to get the feeling. Yeah. You're going to feel something. You know? Oh, yeah. Two or three later, and now you're really fucking riding. You know? You're into it for <laughs> yeah. under $5. Yeah. You know? yeah. That's so back ever, then, yeah. a dime bag of dirt was $10. $10 was all the fucking money in the world back then. Right, true. And it was like, and I would smoke, you know, when one was going around or whatever, you know. And, uh, and I'd be like, 
I think I feel something. I don't know. I didn't really, it didn't really do a whole lot for me. I was like, oh, I'm feeling a little giggly. <laughs> whatever, you know, like, but for 10 bucks, no, I would never spend that kind of money on a maybe. <laughs> on a I'm going to spend $3 and I'm going to put my head to that fucking wall. <laughs> at the end of the night, you know what I mean? I'm going to headbutt my friend's yeah, wall at his apartment. Yeah. So it was, it was honestly an economic thing. So weed was just useless to me, you know? Um, didn't get into weed until you start getting older and now the trouble sleeping starts. Um, I have extreme ADD. Uh, my mind doesn't shut off, which has, these are all things that have helped me in business. I can fucking go 72 hours straight, no sleep, working. Legit money. No, no bullshit. Billable you know, hours, baby. Let's go. <laughs> you know, I'm fucking down to get it done. Like, God, if I was a printer, Holy, you guys could just go until it's over. Like, yeah. hey, man, fucking anybody got, what do we got to get down here? 50,000? Okay, I'll stand at that fucking machine until I die. Right. I've been you in the print shop till four in the morning getting yeah, the order done. That, that's my work ethic, you know. You have to mix some sleep in there, especially as you get older, because you will die. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I was running into, you know, the anxiety of, of not being able to sleep. Um, knowing I got big shit going on the next day, it, it never ends. Um, and then also seeing some of my friends like, um, you know, on an extreme level like Chip, San Diego Customs. Mm -hmm. You don't know him uh, off of weed and you don't want to know him off weed. I know him off weed. <laughs> it's fucking dangerous, dude. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, he's a, uh, weed literally makes him who he is, which is, you know, fucking crazy talented, uh, good businessman and the guy never th doesn't come through you know like the dude is solid as can be and smokes all the weed in the world it's the biggest so-called so contradiction what we've been brainwashed into thinking like oh if you smoke weed you're just some burnout that is an underachiever and you're not don't get nothing right better. right yeah chip is a fucking go getter a thousand percent opposite of that and uh you want him to wear like a gas mask with weed <laughs> fucking pumping <laughs> helmet all the time. He needs it. It works for him. You know, I've seen it help people uh, with cancer. Um, I've seen it make him make him comfortable. Uh, I've seen so much positive with it, and you know, doing the research. If you're friends with Chip, he's constantly spitting out facts of you know he's a, a weed advocate. You know, um, we're supposed to have him on the podcast. So early on, before we started LFG, we used to go down to San Diego Customs like. I think it was like the beginning of the pandemic. Just be in awe. Yeah. And just, oh my God, there he is. Like, yeah. and everybody in that shop was nothing but fucking cool to us. And we would always hear the stories like, oh, they're dicks down there. It's like, oh, y'all must have been done doing some weirdo shit because yeah. he answered all of my dumb fucking questions. He wasn't a dickhead. And he hooked me up with some stickers when I bought a shirt. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, have, I have nothing negative to say about it. And I'm really excited. He was, re he was, was really high. <laughs> Turns out, I caught him, at this I, I caught him like post bong rip, you know? Lucky me. <laughs> I mean, he's a salty old fucker, you know, either way, high or not. Right. But he, he's also, you know, I, I like it. It's like, shit, that's what I remember tattoo shops and motorcycle shops being like when I was a, a young kid going around to them, like Moreland Choppers 25 years ago or whatever, like. Ken Moreland was a cranky motherfucker, but you appreciated it. If you asked one too many questions about a seat, that's enough questions for the day. Right. You know, move along. Yeah, you just walk in the back. See you later. Yeah. Like, there we go. You know, and, and I mean, now, I, I love the guy. You know what I mean? Like, it's, uh, you appreciate that kind of, uh, you know, you, you got you to you earn it. 
a little bit. True. You know, do your own fucking research, you know, which is something that these days is uh, at an all-time low. You know, these guys that bitch about somebody being a little short with them, you know, uh, yeah. on an answer for a Don't be so sensitive. You wouldn't have made it fucking 25 years, 30 <laughs> years ago in this shit, man. You know, that old fucker behind the counter was brutal. You know? <laughs> right. God damn. But, um, yeah, I mean, so for me it was like I tried Indica and it helped me sleep. And also there was something about it where I felt a little better in the morning when I woke up. I woke up, my shoulders felt a little lighter. Um, I just, there was something about it, I just felt better. It was all positive. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't feel like, uh, we're, we're taught, it, a lot of that, don't forget, we were taught our whole lives up until just a few years ago when they said, okay, now weed's good, we can tax you 35% on a pre-roll. Mm-hmm. Uh, so now weed is good for you, that's what they say, yeah. you know? Fucking always been. It's always, always been good. Yeah. Real weed, though. You know, not the dirt that yeah. we fucking smoke. That, saying, just, that just made us cough, and it, we got a headache. Right, we thought we were high. Yeah. <laughs> so I look back at the weed that I was smoking on the East Coast, like when I would get moderately blazed, is a lot different than the shit that I was getting when I first moved to California. It's been 10 years almost. Everything out here has just knocked my dick into the dirt. Yeah, well, it's because it's real medical weed. You're smoking. <laughs> 35, 29, so 27 you don't, you don't smoke a joint. You take some hits off a joint, and then you drop it back into the little <laughs> canister it came from, let it go out, and then go to sleep. And then, uh, you know, a joint, to this day, I purposely, like, I don't day smoke. I don't smoke to party. Um, I don't even do the, like, you know, I know guys that, like, they don't smoke that much because they want to keep the tolerance uh, the opposite of where Chip is at. Chip Jane <laughs> smokes weed like cigarettes as he's outside filming the jerkers and he's oh, all ah, and I crazy. I love know? that shit. Um, I mean, I've been watching my one of my best friends lose his sanity a little bit, uh, you know, over the course of 20 years. In a good way, though, you know. True. Because all that shit is fucking hilarious to me. Man. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's, Chip's fucking out there, dude. You know, like he's he's at war. <laughs> with, with straight guys going in and jerking off in a building. He's at war with them, you know? Fucking amazing. Fucking they, weirdos. But yeah, they installed a PA system, you know? Like, Did they really? Yeah, so now they, like, they, they have, like, sirens where, they, you know, if you're in there jerking off, you sound like they're getting raided, like a jerk-off raid. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes! And they're, like, on the thing, like, unhand that penis, sir. <laughs> Drop that cock. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. Wow, dude. They, they really amazing, are. Dude. It, it, it blows me away. It hasn't escalated to just, like, a lot more violence out of there. You know, they've had some issues. And they they wound up, you know, I don't know if you know, they, they wound up getting raided. What? Got, yeah. Oh, boy. Just the, the fucking, uh, the, the constant nonsense that San Diego is Customs is cursed slash blessed with. Because people really enjoy watching it go down. It's been going on since the last shop, you know? Like, they were right by Skid Row there. So they were at war with all the professional vagrants, you know? Yep. Uh, and then they move to this nice, fancy, big building that they bust their asses to make the overhead for and do their thing. And they, now they're really growing their businesses. You know, they're a lot more serious than uh, maybe they would come across, you know? Because of all the jerker bids and all that shit. They get to party down there all the time. But... um it really gets on Chip's nerves when, you know, he's, he's running his CNC machine making pegs and he looks on his security camera and there's a dude jerking off in his car in front of their shop. Oh, yeah, yeah. fuck all that. And no, he goes out there and he's like, look, man, what, what am I going to do? You know what I mean? What the fuck do I got to do? Yeah. Go someplace else, you fucking asshole. Exactly. God, God fucking is it, is damn Is he from it. Philly? 
Yeah, he's from Philly. Yeah, you, bro, you'd be lucky he's not getting a bat through the fucking windshield. Yeah, uh, yeah, man. And there's so there's sometimes some shit's gotta happen, you know. Allegedly, and yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, they started right by where Evans is. Really? Their first shop. So my house that I rented. From Yeno? Yeah. Yeah. Off Imperial. Yep. So he was off Commercial, I think. Yes. It's a green building. Yep. Tell, yep. Yeah. The escape. That's where Foundation and Toy Machine and uh, you know all the escape really? brands are out of local skate brands. Yeah. They, the, the owner Todd Swank had a little bit of empty space and new Chip from skateboarding. Chip's a known skateboarder, you know. Really? Yeah. He used to rip. Um, <laughs> same with Mikey too. Good. They're they're both definitely good skateboarders. You no know? shit. Yeah. Um, so, you know, Todd knew, uh, uh, Chip from, from skateboarding and, and, and Mikey. And then there's another guy, uh, Barker, that, that's a friend of theirs that kind of worked that deal where he's like, Hey, I got a little extra space here. That's the size of like a two car garage. Right. Uh, I'll rent it to you if you want to get out of your garage. Cause Chip was in his garage for a couple of years that, I mean, the, the, when the whole Dyna thing took off, the black Dyna thing took off. He was doing it out of his garage, and it was way out of hand. He lived in an HOA community. Like, he was getting shit from oh, the neighbors. Wow. It was all bikes up and down the fucking street. Like, you're not going to. So he knew he had to take this shit to the hood. Right. Um, and then when he first moved down there, it wasn't that bad. And then that bridge became an actual skid row. Yeah. And he knew it was on after yeah. that. They're, they're shitting on his walls and, you know, shit looks at a security camera and there's a lady shitting down his wall right it's a fucking even now it's even that gnarly or right before we left it's gotten worse since oh, they left because horrible. they used to regulate pretty hard over there. yeah it's, it's yeah. horrible and dice one he's uh, over at that like right next to the walmart his shop is that where we took our first photos that's dice one clothing's fucking building yeah. there. oh right yeah. Yeah, yeah like god he i mean he's fucking right where he wants to be but fuck it's active over there yeah it's bad over there man. Mm-hmm. yeah it's just a tribal it's, it's, same it, shit. It's, it's annoying. You know what I mean? Like, it's funny to a point, but then it's like, yo, man, my friends pay eight grand a month rent here. Yeah. Stop jerking off in front of the door. Go fuck yourself. Go go in a bush somewhere. Go so to your house. Yeah. Your yeah. fucking bathroom. Yeah. It's it, it, and just the creep factor of all those dudes, man. Because a lot of those guys, like, you know, those aren't like just just random gay dudes. Those are straight dudes uh, that have wife and kids at home. Mm-hmm. That are like going and jerking off with dudes at the thing. Like, listen, I don't judge anybody, man. Like, pursuit of happiness. Do do what you want to yeah. do. I, I, it's not my fucking business. But when you do it in front of my door, yeah, you know, when my my friend might be in there with his kids, you know, like, now we got a problem. Yeah, now we're gonna have a fucking problem. Yeah. How about this? Get a fucking iPhone. You could get porn right on for a fucking iPhone, yeah. dude. Millions like, and <laughs> millions of like, videos. What are you doing, man? Yeah, for it's, free. <laughs> it's it's a very strange culture that they, they got going on over there, but it's it's not for me to understand. Uh, but just don't don't bring it into my fucking world, man. You know, won't be good. And especially don't bring it into chips. World. <laughs> <laughs> hey, thank God for marijuana. You, you, know? you wind up. I always wonder too, like, man, he's got I don't know how many followers, but you know he's up in that celebrity status area, and it's like somebody's uncle or father or oh, grandfather yeah. has been on his. You know, someone that rides or whatever. Right. It's like, oh, fuck, that's my Uncle Jim there going in there to jerk <laughs> off. Uncle Jim, what, what the, the fuck? fuck you doing yeah. Like, you don't know how many guys he's exposed. Because everyone who walks in there, they get a nickname. Oh, you know? fuck. Yeah, like athletic jerker. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, he had that one dude that... <laughs> One of my favorite ones was that there's an old guy going in there. Like, what the fuck's he going to do? He's, like, hobbling in there. <laughs> he walks in, and 
Chip kind of does the, you know, he redubs his voice, you know, and he does the, like, hey, guys, I don't come anymore. I just shoot dust. <laughs> fucking amazing. <laughs> and that's just, that's Chip's day. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, build one of the baddest baggers that ever hit the street. And then right. Make fun of jerkers. You know? Sounds like a pretty cool life. Get really high. <laughs> yeah. I can only hope. Well, I don't, actually, I don't hope that we have a fucking jack shack across the street from a shop if we ever get one. Oh, God. God, that would not be good. It's, it, like I said, it's, it's, it's the blessing curse because the amount of laughter that we've gotten out of that place, like overall, not Chip, at Chip's expense. Chip doesn't <laughs> think it's funny at all. He's the one cutting the check. You know? yeah. He's the one that's just bewildered of like, what, why is this happening? What the fuck is wrong with this world? You know, He's already out there. That thing's sending him for a... That building sent him for a loop, you know? <laughs> really? What the fuck is going on in this world? That was already there before they moved yeah, in. Yeah, right? it's, okay. it's an old legendary yeah, staple. I was about to say, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I see this being a 20-minute segment when he comes on the I show. Know, or he'll be like, I don't want to fucking talk about we got it. A, we got a friend, obviously, I'll leave his name out, but he's a he's an old fucking uh, uh, old gangster out of Barrio Logan, you know? And when we first moved over there, you know, he came over. He's like, oh, yeah, that's cool, man. And we're like, yeah, but we're trying to figure out what the fuck's going on with this shop. There's some weird shit going on there. A lot of guys going in and out of there, and they're leaving without bags. Because it's just, it's uh, disguised as, like, a sex shop. Yeah. You know? Right. But nobody, everybody goes shopping, but they don't buy anything, right. you know. <laughs> so never, no one ever leaves in a bag. And, uh, and he's like, oh, no, Holmes, like, yo, man, there's people you... you People go and jerk off in there all the time. I used to jerk off in there in the eighties and shit. You know? <laughs> <laughs> we were just that's how gangster he was. He just he said it. He didn't say it to be funny. You know, dead yeah, ass serious. Just like, no, Holmes, that's what people go to jerk off. Yeah. Man. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't know. Everybody in the room laughed except for Chip. <laughs> just like I just go. moved away to get away from this fucking bullshit. Yeah, Chip wants peace in his life more than anybody, you know, and he can't get it. Well, get hey, it. I got a funny story for that. So I used to do pest control, first job ever. F Street in El Cajon, that was part of the route. Yeah. So I would go there early in the morning because that's when the best time to go, and I saw all of that shit. So F Street, you know, they have fucking toys and all this, but the back area was the fucking jack shack. And I had to go back there and put fucking roach traps and shit. Oh, no. And there would be fucking, like, dudes coming out the fucking door and shit. I'm like, Ugh. what? I'm, like, 18 years old. I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? It's, yeah. like, 4 in the fucking morning. Same thing. Business guys. Like, you know what yeah, I mean? Dude. Going in there to go fucking jerk off and then bounce. What the fuck? I mean, at that time, I was just thinking, like, well, these guys are married and they're gay. You know what I mean? They're watching gay porn because yeah. they can't do it at home. Like, yeah. That was where my mind was going. Is that what they're watching? I mean, I'm assuming... <laughs> All right, fuck. I mean, Jim, I don't know. people are just fucking but it was weird. And bizarre. people wonder why I hang out with dogs. <laughs> <laughs> the human race is so fucking dark. Like scumbags yeah. everywhere. Fucking lowlifes, dude. Yeah. Just uh, how fucking. Screaming on corners and shit. Dude, how fucking greasy do you gotta be? To go and do some shit like that. You're yeah. married. Your wife and kids are at home. Like, where's that guy? Fucking jerking some dude off. <laughs> God, jacking damn, off Steve man. at the old fucking Jack Shack. Yeah, uh, fuck. Fucking horrible. I really do, you know, I, I take a lot of uh, a pride in being like, don't judge nobody, man. Everybody, not everybody's like you. We're all different, you know. But mm -hmm. there is a line that has to get drawn sometimes where I'm like, all right, well, now I'm just baffled. Yeah. I'm out on this. What the fuck this. are you doing, dude? Yeah. You know? 
Damn. So how'd you get into Harley's? Uh, and do you have an FXR? Do I have an FXR? So you have the FXR to yeah, yes, yes, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. I'm, uh, I escaped the, the FXR syndrome, you know, the, the sickness. Uh, that was my first bike, and, and then I had them, you know, diced in between Dynas and Choppers and, and Baggers. But once, I, once I got a Road Glide, I knew that that's it for me, man. That's it. That's the, that's the supreme bike, and, um, for me anyway, you know. I can't see me on anything else. I. You know, some of my friends are having a lot of fun on those new um, lowrider STs, you know, and they're claiming those. But I don't know, man. It's the the road glide, the boss man bike. I was gonna say, if you can't afford a road glide, you get a, you get an <laughs> ST. And yeah. I, I don't own one because I can't afford. It. I can afford my 09 Dyna Street Bob. Yeah, that clapped, clap, baby. <laughs> so the, the hey, FXR cool. division thing is, I'm just uh, I'm family with uh, Big Chris, the dude who who owns it. They put out good parts. Yeah, super good dudes. Um, I mean, shit, man. I just I, I support it regardless. And then I also have you ever? Uh, I have a handlebar out with them, like a handlebar I designed for strictly for road glides. Oh shit! Because uh, I feel that you know, unless you're so I'm six one and I got a long ass reach, so I don't really need the pullback, but I appreciated it. Mm-hmm. So I got a, but and then I figure anybody shorter than me. On a road glide with T bars, they're gonna be stretched. They're gonna look like they're borrowing their dad's bike, mm-hmm. you know, a little kid on a on a, on a man's bike. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I got a bar um, that they've had out for for probably like six, seven years now, and um, it's through FXR Division. So, you know, I promote that and anything to help them and kind of further their their you know their their reach is starting to get outside of um, FXRs. They, they focus heavily on FXRs, but they're making parts for backers now. And they're also, Big Chris, surprisingly, is one of those dudes that he's preaching the, the lowrider ST. He loves it. Really? And Big Chris is like 6'3", you know, fucking, I don't know how they fat he is now. Big Chris. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's a big boy. And he, he claims that by guard. He, he's the one that originally made me give it a second look because he's real, he's heavy in the road glides, too. He's a big boy, you know. Um, but yeah, I fought that off. Fuck that. You know, I, I took I took his bike for a ride, and I was like, it just feels like a, a, a rickety road glide. You know, like right. And no cruise control. No cruise control. <laughs> and I'm I'm super into the music. Yeah. Uh, you know, everything about it, I feel a, a road glide with me on it. Um, it's almost like I felt like I sat on a bike and Harley tailored it around me. Wow. From you know how tall I am and and. Everything about the bike, it feels absolutely perfect. That's why I get so paranoid. I'm like, don't change a fucking thing. <laughs> but they will, and, they, and, and that'll be fine. You know, everybody freaks out when Harley changes something, like the, the end of their world. Hey, there's 90,000 used road glides out there for you to go buy for the rest of your life. Right. You don't have to go buy a new bike if you hate it that much. It's true. And then the other thing is where it's like, finally, even the most diehard Dyna guys are realizing that a lowrider ST is a much better, you know. It's a better platform. Yes, man. The Milwaukee 8 is a solid fucking motor. Yeah. As much as, like, it, you got to do some things to it, but it's come a long way from the oh, twin cam. Oh, shit, man. You know what I mean? And here's another thing. If you don't like, if you want to make a suggestion to Harley, and you want to make sure they don't do it, tell them what you want them to do, and they'll make yeah. sure they don't fucking do that for yeah. you. That's how the motor company works. They're like, oh, hey, you want this? Cool. Definitely not doing that. 
they're lucky they got us, man. We got that blind loyalty. Uh, I know. I, I feel like the page, I, I keep saying this, that it's time to turn the page to the next generation of Harley owners. I feel like the page is getting lifted, and it's slowly getting turned over to where we're not catering to people that are buying tri-glides yeah. as much as we are the guys that are getting their first fucking soft tail standard or their first street bob or their first fucking sportster for that matter. Yeah. But I definitely, another thing, I don't think they should have gotten rid of the fucking iron line, but everyone says the sportster S that revolution motor, pretty fucking solid. The Pan America's fun to ride. I haven't rode a sportster S yet. I probably should. If I'm going to talk about it. I refuse to ride a Pan America. I don't need another hobby. <laughs> True. <laughs> Joey, I, don't, I, Joey, I, I know you're having fun on that. Yeah, I saw that. I saw that. I mean, of course, he's out there beating the living shit out of it. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, Josh. Allegedly. <laughs> yeah. He may or may not. I mean, Josh, oh, I can't even say. But anyways, I rode a street glide for the first time before having cruise control. It was like a whole new experience. I'm like, yeah. I don't have my right hand on the handlebars. You know yeah. what I mean? I'm like... I mean, I use my throttle lock on my dyno. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I don't. It's not the same, but it's kind yeah. of the same until you're panicking. You're about to rear end a fucking Chevy Cruze. Yeah. <laughs> it was nice. God, it was good. What was the last big ride you went on? Oh, Jesus. Probably, uh, I mean, that was a couple of years ago. Probably uh, uh, Four Corners. Ah, I really want to. If we could fucking do that, it's September 1st and 2nd. Mm-hmm. If we could fucking pull that off, that'd be sick. I mean, the ride to there is is okay. Uh, if you, you can take, if you get cut through the middle of Arizona, you know, like um, you can take the long way through Payson, Strawberry, Winslow, all that, incredible. Uh, then you're gonna ride some real shitty, uh, like five, six hundred miles of garbage. Yeah. Uh, just a like dirty, the, the dirty trip field. to Vegas. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but then once you get to the, the trick is to get to Four Corners, then ride. You got million dollar highway, you no. got all that stuff like. Colorado's beautiful, man. It's like riding through a fucking painting. Like, how does this still exist in this world? Wow. Beautiful. So, yeah, I mean, it, I enjoyed that that ride, that run. It's one of those things where, you know, you look at guys like uh, that are the dudes that are out there now, Roji and those guys. That, I Boy, mean, they're Papa all. Juan, shout out. <laughs> yeah. I mean, a bunch of retired, lucky bastards. But it's not even luck. They earn that. They earn that in their life. They structured their lives to where, like, you know, I can go take off on a motorcycle for. Yeah. 17 and that's days. all it is and they got the ability you know they got the balls to do it they got the money they got the equipment i know watching uh, their stories man they're fucking dude, they're, ta- they're taking a beating up yeah they're, they're getting the shit kicked out of his ass kicked he has some new wheels and shit but hey i've yeah. never seen uh roji not smiling and it's <laughs> right. like there's been a few days where his stories he's just like yeah, we're in vermont i'm going to bed <laughs> i don't like it yeah, <laughs> yeah totally yeah, we're gonna I know for sure we're gonna have Papa Juan back on to talk about the ride, but I'd love to have fucking Roji on or he doesn't, or he doesn't he do won't podcasts. Do, he won't do podcasts. Yeah, he's already oh, he's really? already told me. You would I think you would think he wouldn't shut the fuck up. Yeah, he, <laughs> he, 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 I don't do him. You think he'd have his own podcast, you know? Yeah. Now he doesn't he's not into it, man. We'll, a, get goo, we'll get Jerry on. Yeah, you can throw Jerry on there. Yeah. I tried. He's a solid ass. I tried to get him twice. I'm like, come on. You have such great stories. Come on. I mean the thing about the thing about those dudes, they they ride. Can't take that away from him. Right. Like those dudes fucking ride. I couldn't do that ride at, at that point. You know, like I don't. Like, all those years of skateboarding, like I'm, I'm good for Sturgis and back. You know, I'm not going That's to fucking. One. I'm not going to go ride to the Keys <laughs> and shoot up to Maine. You know, and then blast through all the. Yeah. You know what's funny too is they're they're all staying the the shitty hotel thing too. How they're all <laughs> complaining about that. Yeah. <laughs> Such old I, I just, dudes. Yeah, man. They're they're 
they're bummed on, on those. And it's funny to, that that's sorry, that's the entertainment. It you is. know what I mean? I'm entertained by your shitty hotel room. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's so fucking funny. We've all seen the scenery a million times, dude. You know what I mean? But yeah. show me like bloodstained walls that you're sleeping next <laughs> to. Show me the crack line like, burns on the bathtub. Yeah, yeah, that's right. what I want to see. Yeah. I'm laughing my ass off. And the fact that Rosie's responsible for that. Like he, he booked that. He just wasn't <laughs> yeah. paying attention. Yeah. yeah. Totally. Hey, it's a great place. Got great reviews. <laughs> <laughs> just fucking booked so it. Oh shit. Hey, it sounds good to me, guys. Hey, we three dollars. Books. They stayed in uh, Gallup, New Mexico, which is, you know, I know Gallup. I know from, Gallup I know Gallup from going from Arizona to Colorado for, for anything, you know, work related, whatever. Friends in Colorado, you know, like I've done it. And Gallup, you don't even stop for gas there. Stop for <laughs> gas on the border of Arizona and right. New Mexico. Is don't it stop Snowflake? in Gallup. Yeah. Oh, okay. His mom lives. My in mom Snowflake. lives in Snowflake, so I know those like Payson is beautiful. Beautiful. Fucking rad place. Yeah. And then, but then you hit the freeway. Yeah. And then you cross shit. the border. And it goes to shit. Yeah, Gallup is fucking quick, dude. hood, dude. The I, fact that they even stayed there, it's like, I thought you guys were educated travelers <laughs> on any fucking yeah, level. Right. Is this your first trip? You know, <laughs> they ride more than anybody. Right. But they stayed in Gallup, fucking New Mexico, and they had the balls to be shocked and bitch about it. Like, Boy, really staying in a shithole here in Gallup, you know? <laughs> like, what the fuck did you think was going to happen? Yeah. You're lucky you survived it, man. Oh, I, I was genuinely worried about those dudes. You know what I mean? Like, they're going to get They're going to get touched. Right. <laughs> they're going to get touched. Something's gonna happen. Yeah, I haven't been through New Mexico. I've traveled literally on the great. When I came to California, I took a two and a half day bus ride from fucking Norfolk all the way to fucking Phoenix, and we. New Mexico was the prettiest because all our overpasses were painted. I was like, this is fucking rad. I've never <laughs> seen the desert outside of training, and like, I was like, this is fucking pretty cool. The sun was rising; it was yeah. red. But what I hear is fucking everything in New Mexico kind of sucks. Uh, Santa Fe is okay if you're like with a chick, kind of romantic little spot, you know. Other than that, it's a fucking Shart hole, man. Yeah. No love. They got a fuck ton of national parks. I was going to do a bachelor ride all the way out there. Instead, we went to Arizona Bike Week, which was fucking rad. But uh, they got like five that are right outside of Albuquerque that look rad as fuck. But yeah. everyone's like, yeah, that's about all there is. You like cruise through there and then get the fuck out. Get yeah. to Texas. Yeah. Get stabbed. It's not. <laughs> no. Fuck that, man. Yeah. yeah. I love Texas, though. Like, I, I travel every weekend and I've gotten to see a fuck ton of cities. And Dallas is fucking rad. I fuck, shout out to Jace again. I can shout that dude out a thousand times. I, the reason we have this set up is because of fucking Jace. Yeah, like he, I, I hit him up and he gave me the fucking keys to the kingdom on it. And now we have this fucking baller ass setup. He's the podcast master. He yeah, is. He's he, good. I think he does a, a, a the best job at it. He, he knows what he's doing. And uh, yeah, I mean, he's uh, every. I've done two of them so far, and it's always it's, it's, it's enjoyable. You know, he's a, he's a good dude, man. He's well versed mm-hmm. on life. So he's lived it. Yeah. No hey, talk to me about the Humane Society stuff, because I know we talked about it off air, but I mean, the things that you do with it, with that community in itself is pretty amazing. Like I was saying before, my mom worked for the Humane Society. Like she did, uh, what was it? Uh, like animal rescue. So when there's like fires, I remember as a kid, yeah. like we would go to these fires and like rescue animals yeah. and shit, you know? People have asked why I, I picked the Humane Society. Um, I do it because they're no kill. I won't work with a shelter that, they do a stupid fucking post where they're like, oh, yeah, this dog's got eight hours to live, like that kind of shit, and we're going to euthanize it. It's almost like they're looking forward to it. Yeah. Scumbags. Like, All right. That's weird. So, uh, you know, apply for the grants that, you know, you go, oh, we're not as big as Humane Society. We don't have their budget. We'll go get the budget or get the fuck out of the business. Let Humane Society take those dogs, you know. 
Um, I just love the no-kill thing. Uh, a dog can show up that you know, just got hit by a car, and it's uh, another shelter would just they'll, yeah, use, yeah. Oh, dude, they'll remove limbs, they'll do whatever they got to do to bring that dog back. They'll fucking, you know, give it prosthetics. Like, uh, well, Humane Society truly cares about the dogs, so that's why I've chosen them and, and, and unexclusively work with them. I'm sure there are other shelters out there. I just haven't found them yet. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, I have a, you know, kind of my, uh, my partners over there, people that have, um, that work there that know what I do and they support it. Um, so they, they help me, you know, do my thing with sponsoring the dog, paying for the, you know, all the fees. Um, and then finding it, the, all I ask is like, I'll take care of all everything. Please don't adopt one of my dogs unless you're insane like me and will spoil that dog every day of its life. Right. You know, this isn't like a, this isn't just a, a little trend or a little like a phase you're going through. We're like, oh, I saw a cute pit bull, now I want one, and I have to have one. You know, like people are doing with Frenchies right now. Right. Yeah, right. yeah, huge. And then they're yeah. tired of the fucking dog when their life changes or whatever. Look, when you take on one of these dogs, you know, these pities, like they love so hard, you shatter their hearts when you fucking give them back to a shelter or something like that. Like, right. don't do it unless you're as committed to that dog as you would be your child. Um, I hate all the rehoming shit and all that. People hit me up like, hey, uh, rehome my dog. I gotta go to a new apartment that doesn't accept. Like, right. don't go to that fucking place. Figure it out. People become, people are a lot more resourceful than they give themselves credit for and they just give up. Right. I hate those kind of people. Yeah, yeah. You know, those aren't the kind of people I want to help and they're not the kind of people I want to know and be friends with, you know. Mm-hmm. So, um, these dogs, like, um, for me, they uh, they're the most misunderstood. They're one of the most misunderstood uh, beings on the planet. You know, we all know what it's like to be misunderstood, yeah. judged, whatever. You Fuck know, yeah. So you know, whatever, ha- however many times that we've been judged for our past or, or something somebody else did that you know whatever, uh, times it by a million, and that's what yeah. these dogs face. You know, uh, they're they're constantly adopted by fake tough guys. You know that want their dogs to be an extension of their hands. Right. You know, like that I'm gonna last, be the guy yeah. that I'm gonna guy that walks around at the event with the scary dog. You know, yeah. like that makes you a fucking kook, dude. You <laughs> know, straight up. If you walk around and you got your your, your dog's being aggressive and you're being, you're a fucking kook. You're not gaining anybody's respect. We see right through you. Bring the snuggle bug to the fucking event. <laughs> yeah. And right. trust me, then the girls like it. It works yeah. out better for you. Man. Yeah. Make your dog. And that's what, and you see what these dogs, like, they're so loyal to you, they'll be whatever you want. You know, if I want to turn blue into an asshole in 30 days, I can have a whole different dog, you know. But, no, I I make him feel safe. I'll protect him. I don't need him to fucking protect me. You shitting me? Like, um, he's all about the snuggles. You feel better at the end of the day, you know. You got your dog. He's always with you, the unconditional love. Give me all that. That's what the pits are the, the best at. Mm-hmm. You know, if you need a dog to protect you in this fucking day and age, just go die. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fucking pussy. Yeah. <laughs> I hate that shit. I yeah. hate that image of, of pit bulls. It's obvious. Like, look at Blue's back legs. Like, he can jump over a six-foot fence yeah. without even trying. You know? Right. It's obvious. We get it. You got a tough dog. Look at me. He's got muscles in his head. (laughs) I find all that shit hilarious, you know. But at the end of the day, he's my little spoon in bed. 
um, that's the real shit. I mean, when you talk to a real pit bull owner too, like they, they, these dogs, they make your life better. And if you rescue one, I guarantee you this. I only make one promise, you know, and all this. Like, whatever you do for that dog, it's going to give back to you at the times a thousand. You know, I didn't rescue Blue. He rescued me. He gave wow. me more of a purpose. Uh, you know how many times I don't jump out of my car and sock somebody <laughs> yeah. at a light because right. I can't get arrested. And yeah. I'm going to go away for a couple of years on some dumb shit. And what's going to happen to my dog? Fuck that. Yeah. Right. Fuck that. Um, yeah, man. It's uh, they keep you centered. They keep you grounded. They put a smile on your face. This this idiot makes me laugh <laughs> right, right, right. all the time. He's still, you know, he'll walk through. Can't tell you how many screen doors I've had to pay for. <laughs> he just decides to yeah. walk right through the goddamn thing. Um, it's worth they're, it. They're all. It's it's yeah. worth it so much, man. They, they they really are the best. I recommend them for. I've had guys adopt pit bulls for their grandmothers that recently were widowed. They're lonely. Yeah, I'm like, well, she ain't gonna be lonely much longer yeah. because <laughs> the dogs are so needy, you know. Right. And then you know I get footage sent to me of grandma petting the dog. That was in the shelter ten days ago, foaming, pissed, right. hating people, super angry. Now he found his person, right. and they're gonna ride out. They're gonna ride off in the sunset together. Right. You know, is there anything more beautiful than that? No. Man? That's it. No. That's where it ends for and me. And ain't nobody fucking with that grandma too. Exactly. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, you have to be yeah. careful. You do. You do have to be careful with with these dogs because of their loyalty. Yeah. They will do damage by accident. Mm-hmm. You know, right. inherent nature. Yes, yeah. they, they protect. Seriously, Blue is a fucking psycho. <laughs> Jesus Christ. How long and have you I, had Blue? Uh, we're going on, I've had him, he's going on four years old now. I've had him for three. Okay. So I got him, he was one. At one, the, you know, um, they're almost like full grown. So he was, uh, he was dangerous. He hated men, hated other dogs. It was a hard six months, man. I had to be patient. Uh, um, Luckily, at that time period, I was able to, to get through it. Yeah. He almost killed my ex's dog. Uh, that sucked really bad. That, that destroyed me because her dog is one of the... There's many reasons why I've, I've uh, become obsessed with pit bulls over the course of my life. Her dog was one of the ones that right. made me like, oh. And then he almost killed her. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, that, that, that was horrible. Uh, he bit one of my friends really bad. Luckily, he's a pit bull lover as well. So fortunate, all the damage he did, it was like very, it was forgivable, you right. know. But I was sitting there like, oh god damn it, man! Like, I'd sit there and talk to him and be like, I can't do this with you, dude. I don't. You're gonna cost me my house. Yeah, right. You know, you're gonna. What the fuck? Yeah. Please get it together for me. I love you more than anything. <laughs> yeah. Tighten but up, you bro. Can't do this. And then it was like one day, it was like a light switch, and he's a soldier now, man. Wow. He just hangs out, waits for his next order, and I mean, look. I know he hasn't called, he's sleeping. Yeah. yeah, hasn't moved. He, he's just happy to be. He's obsessed with people, big time. That's awesome. Fuck yeah. That's fucking wild. Yeah, when he first got in here, he was just out here sniffing around. It was like running a quick inspection, make sure it's yeah, good yeah, yeah. for yeah. big homie. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's good for big homie. Okay, I can yeah. relax. We're cool. Hey, and we're then, cool, Dad. Chill out. And he, <laughs> he's cool, you guys. He's all yeah, it's cool. And then the girls knocked on the door. Right. Oh yeah. And then you saw who he really is. Yeah. Oh hey, hi. Yes, I'm blue. I'm yeah. here. Yeah. And then you just saw the girls melted. Yeah. You know. And then that was it. He's like, that's who he is. That's what pit bulls are. Right. You know. They're just beautiful creatures. The, the purest soul on the planet, you know, they, yeah. they live for love. 
And uh, that's my message. I mean, that's what I, I, you know, I'll never believe, you know. When I got him, I was like, now my life's really going to change. Because now I'm going from being able to walk in the streets just being me. Uh, you know, I'm not a... I'm not a thug, I'm not a bully, I'm not a fucking dude looking for trouble, you know? I'm just uh, going about my day, man. Just smile on my face, showing respect to everybody. I go, I, now I'm inheriting um, an issue. There's gonna be times I might have to fight for him. You know, I thought it was gonna be, oh, who's the asshole with the pit bull, whatever. That's rare. It Maybe once a year, really? I've had to check somebody, wow. you know? It's very rare. It's it, People have a lot more love for pits or I'm seeing it as the years go by, it's getting better and better. Um, yeah, mostly he's, you know, I walk into the dealer with him, it's like walking in with a fucking celebrity, or a boy band. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the yeah, girls yeah. scream and run <laughs> towards him. Yeah, yeah totally. Um, it's it, it, But I was prepared for that, because I love them so much. I'm like, well, if I gotta have a debate in the street every once in a while, so be it. Yeah, sure. You know? uh, let's see how, how this goes. And that's been very surprising to me. People's manners, Unbelievable, like straight up, like, excuse me, can I pet your dog? And then there's a thank you afterwards, and that's all walks of life, right. you know. I'm not used to that. I'm used to, <laughs> without him, people are kind of rude, you know. Yeah. But with him, it's like, can I pet your dog? And then people tell me, like, thank you so much for that. I really needed that today. Wow. And they, they got their fix. That's awesome. They walked away. That's true. I'm, like, I'm glad whatever's on your mind right now, I'm glad you walked away. Like, yeah. And their love that they're giving him transfers right to me. Transfers right to me. They might as well be going, hey, DDG, what's going on? Scratch my back real quick, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. Any love he gets, anytime I see him happy, I'm automatically happy. Wow. I got to I gotta work on this because I got fucking, I got issues from being bit by three dogs. <laughs> three pit bulls. Well, if you've been bit by three pit bulls and you still have all your limbs, that's mind-blowing. Yeah. Yeah. They must they must have been very nip, domesticated they just, they just out. They were like, so two of them were fucking, one was I was walking home. And I got bit in the ass. The other one, I got fucking uh, bit in the leg. He was probably, was, they were probably playing. Yeah, right. probably. But boy, did it fuck me up. <laughs> yeah. But I got to work through it because you know I got a total of I got a kid coming in six weeks, and then my lady has two kids. I have two kids. We got the fucking Brady bunch, and yeah. they're gonna want a dog. Yes. You know what right, I mean? Definitely. And I, my whole rule has been, we we need to get a house. I don't. I will not have a small dog. We will have a big dog. And I think it's cruel to put a small, a big dog in a small house. Yeah. So my rule is, we got to get a house, and eventually I'm going to have a house, and then I'm going to have, I'm going to out of fucking excuses. Yeah. I'm going to have to get them some. You just have when you train him, you know. I train him. Uh, you, uh, it sucks. You have to be, you have to be uh, attentive to it. Yeah, consistent. You got to stick with it. Consistency is everything. Yeah. If he slips, I check him on it hard. You know. Um, Hold on, real quick, Josh. Do me a super solid. They just turned out the lights in here. Can you run out and make sure they don't fuck us and lock us in here? Thanks. Just put us on center view. <laughs> yeah, Appreciate right. it. I know, huh? That would fuck. Call, we'd have to call Josh. Hey, Josh, uh, do you mind? Uh, By the way, yeah. he, he had to go see his boys. He's taking them to the movies. He wanted me to let yeah, you know that he's sorry he couldn't make it tonight, but he had to go see the boys. Oh, rad. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. But he, he is going to catch up with you. He said he'd give you a jingle tomorrow. Awesome. Awesome. When Love you say it. your dogs, can people, do you, being that you work with the Humane Society, do you have, I don't want to say a litter of dogs, but are you just resourceful and who you, you can point people in the right directions to adopt? Yeah, what I do is I, I find a dog that kind of grabs me. Um, you know, whether I found homes for blind, I love finding homes for blind dogs. Um, Very cool. One of, one of the guys, he used to work at uh, Biltwell. Um, uh, but yeah, him and his wife uh, grabbed a, um, a dog. And 
you know, it's usually, I, I really try and hopefully it's a skateboarder or a motorcycle dude or a surfer or somebody that I know, some local O-sider. Like, I really market towards my friends <laughs> or, or, or at least my followers on Instagram, you know, right. because then I get to enjoy the stories. I get to watch. Uh, in, in, social media for me is something completely different than it is for everybody else. I love scrolling the stories because I see all the, it's all people I follow. If you got the dog for me, I'm going to follow you because I want to watch the, the gross. The, yeah. And it's like, yeah, the blind dog, like when he goes for walks, they put a raincoat on him if it's raining, an actual little raincoat. Right. Like, okay, well, that just made my fucking whole week. Nothing to me is more funny and fun to watch them. The dog's being insanely spoiled. I love it, man. I fucking love it. So uh, now my Instagram feed is at least 60-70% ridiculous dogs being spoiled, being fussed over, right. being the center of attention. And I'll always remember the first time I saw that dog. And it's the, you know, the blind dog was barking at a wall, like, viciously. Didn't know where it was at. It was yeah. blind. It scared shitless. What the fuck is going on? Now, it's living the best life. <laughs> they have no concept of reality, man. Right. They're just like, oh, well, this this got really good. You know? <laughs> right. you know, the promise I made Blue when I got him was like, hey, listen, man. You know, the um, yeah, I'll spare you guys, like, all the details, but, like, one of them that really sticks with me and bothers me is, like, they had him in a chain. They they keep him in. A, they had him in a chain link, just a chain link fence, uh, cage, which was too small for him to stand up in. So his oh, he had no hair on the top of his head. So I was gonna initially name him Larry, but I got him because he got a bald spot. Right. Larry, Larry, Larry David, yeah. yeah. And I was like, wow, yeah, cool. I'll, I'll adopt the little freak show. You know what I mean? <laughs> He'll never have hair, and we'll just make fun of it, and it'll be whatever. Um, and he ended up turning into this little supermodel, you know. Right. But um, you know, they had him in there, and then he would like obviously pissing shit and then just rolling it all day. They never let him out. And the guy would come home and, uh, you know, because there was someone that lived in the apartments I could see it in the backyard. That's how I know the story and the details. He would spray him with a power washer. Oh, my God. So from the power washer, it makes, you know, the dog, he had bald spots on him from getting hit with a fucking power washer. It blew the hair right off of him. So, you know, at that level of um, abuse and torture and torment, you know, I never forget that visual that I have in my head of, of what that is the first time I seen him, you know, and uh, you know, and then you think about it, that pops into my head sometimes when I think about when the two girls came in here and just gave them insane love and he hugged both of them and, and gave them love. That was my commitment to him when I when I got him in the truck. I said, "Hey, dude," at that point, he wasn't my dog yet. I was gonna find him a home because that's what I do. <laughs> I don't foster. Right. I don't have time for all that, you know. Um, but they couldn't accept him at the shelter. They were full. And the guy couldn't. We had nowhere to keep him. So I took him. And uh, and I was like, all right, dude, I'm making a promise to you right now. Everything you know, forget it. Yeah. It never happened. We're going to go from one extreme to the other. Uh, you're going to get so much love you're not even going to know how to handle it you know and that's what it was like from that moment on I won't allow him to experience I don't let him out of my sight um, like when I have to when I have to leave him behind he stays with a family that's family with me um, that's his other family he's a, he loves pulling up there and going he's never he, there's no more cages no more kennels um, nothing that could trigger that memory of that he's only allowed to experience love Thank God nobody's been mean to him in, in, 
front of me. I don't, have, I don't have a fucking case. I'm still here. All day long, he gets love from, we go to the bank together. The girls in the bank, I don't even know how they're allowed to do this, but they come from around <laughs> those windows yeah. and they roll around on the floor with them. That scene that you guys saw, that happens to him dozens of times a day, all day, every day. He sits in all the Vans meetings with me. You know, my, the shops I deal with, Yeah. Um, I deal with all the highest end, top of the pyramid shops. From from the from the Supremes to the Cowtowns to the Palace. top shops, you would think some of those guys might be too cool for for a dog. Mm. If God forbid, if I show up at a meeting without him, they'll cancel the fucking meeting on me and be like, "Yeah, <laughs> no blue, no business, bro." <laughs> <laughs> you know, they're obsessed with him. Yo, is Cowtown the shop out in Phoenix? Cowtown's the shop of the in the, in the world. Really? Yeah, they're the top of the pyramid for pretty much any skate brand from from. Any hard good brand to Nike to to to, to Vans, they're the most respected because they've earned it. They're all skater owned, legendary. Everyone that works there is a goddamn legend on the board. Um, they're relentless with events. They're relentless with the give backs. They're uh, love to see it. Everybody watches. Everybody wants to be Cowtown when they grow up. You know. Oh, I take yeah. my kids to the skate park out in Phoenix, and everybody's rocking a, a Cowtown blank. Yeah. That's like, I'm like, okay, I got to make my way to this shop eventually. I just never fucking find time to. Well, and then there's also, what's crazy is the, the skate scene, and that's the number one uh, territory for any skateboard brand is the Valley. You know, valley Phoenix, Tempe, Scottsdale, because there's endless skate spots and, and um, skate parks, no pads. It's the Wild West out there. It you know? is. So there's also legendary skate shops like Sidewalk Surfer, um, Freedom Board Shop. Uh, business-wise, like pound for pound as far as like coolness and what's going on in skateboarding and what's happening, Phoenix destroys Southern California. Really? The only reason why the scene is big out here is because the whole industry is out here. Yeah. For some odd reason. If I was, if I was, um, well, Dogtown would be a bad example. Dogtown has to be out of Venice. They're the Venice brand. But, you know, every skate brand or, or they, they should move to Arizona. It's still a little bit cheaper than California. Better scene. Better living situation. Your employees will be more stoked. Get the fuck out of here, man! Like it's only 120 for two months. Yeah, yeah. just two months. Nah, three. And skateboarders, they travel. That's true. That, you know, um, Sky Harbor's a decent airport. They'll break out. They'll come to <laughs> California or whatever. You know, yeah. skaters are very resourceful. On but out of your hometown, out of, I love or not hometown, but your your home. I love fucking Granger. I love that fucking shop. Yeah, yeah. Once again, great, great Grand, culture. Granger reminds me of a shop that you see in Phoenix. Yeah, you know, it's just real like, down and dirty skate shop. Yeah, Jason's, a, you know, I've known him since since he was a kid too. Like, that's a uh, that's real shit. He's le- he's legendary in two scenes. Yeah, fucking won't get into that. <laughs> <laughs> but fucking uh-huh. uh, Danny, I don't want to take up too much more of your time. I really appreciate you coming on yeah, the show yeah. for real. I mean, the last thing we should cover though is the reason why we. Oh, I know. I was fuck! Talking. I thought I was gonna get out of this. Fuck! Motherfucker. <laughs> Let's close this off with, yeah. um, uh, originally when uh, I hit you guys up and we were yelling at you guys in a DM, of, you guys were all telling a story about, I guess you guys were out on a road trip. Yep. One of you guys were, uh, or a few of you guys, I thought it was a few of you guys. Yeah. That, it sounded to me like it was a room full of guys with sleep apnea. Yep. And you guys were kind of laughing about, like not doing anything about it. And I hit you guys up and, um, and then you guys were probably just like, 
Oh shit, G. Yeah, no. G just fucking. Yeah. Why is he yelling at him? Yeah. I did, I did oh, medical God. shit. You know? I said, hey, dude, you need to go to the fucking get a sleep study, bud. Yeah, and I was like, dude, that's nothing to fuck around with. Uh, and what really made me, I mean, I'll say it to anybody. I, I preach it. It's uh, it's important because if you look at the stats, like sleep apnea is killing motherfuckers left and right. You know, um, the majority of people that have it are in denial. Uh, they think they're too skinny to have it. They think it's like, it has nothing to do with snoring. It's a hereditary thing. If your father had it, 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 it comes down to you. It's, 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 in, it's in your family. You got it. Um, if your girl's waking you up going, you, you stop breathing in your sleep. Yes. It's not snoring. Snoring is a, just an obnoxious fucking thing, and that sucks too. You, you really shouldn't snore either. You should get that handled as well. But sleep apnea is you stop breathing, and it shocks your heart, and it fucks you up. And you, you, you're losing sleep. You're not getting actual real REM sleep. And it slowly kills you until it actually does kill you. You die in your sleep. Your heart will stop. You can only handle so much. Mm. So I'm thinking about it, and I'm like, man, these guys, I just listened to that podcast. That was the first one I listened to. Because I just happened to tune into that yeah. one. And I was like, what the fuck are they doing? You guys <laughs> put all that effort into sobering up because you wanted to live, right? Yeah. You, wanted to, you wanted to live a good life. Mm-hmm. You want to wanted to have uh, be healthy be positive you know it, it is common for uh, um, what's nice about getting sobered up is it's one step closer to well then now you find a gym now you find you know now your buddies are more healthy you get a new set of friends that that are guiding you into more healthy things you know uh, sleep apnea is no joke it's nothing to fucking laugh about it's nothing that's gonna go away you're not going to lose 20 pounds and you're going to fucking it's gonna go away. If you have it, you have it, and you have it forever until it kills you. Yeah. And, um, dude, anybody out there, please, that has it, it's, it's, it's you know, um, you know, there's there's couples that, like, don't even sleep in the same bed right. because of that shit. They yeah. just deal with it. You don't have to be that way. Because once you got a, um, you know, my ex uh, was, like, the first night I got the machine, the, the CPAP machine, she was like, you know, you used to look like somebody that was dying in their sleep. And it was depressing and it was sad to sleep. And I couldn't sleep myself and it was just disturbing. And fuck, we argued about it all the time. And wow. Because she would wake me up and be like, you you literally just, you didn't breathe for a minute. Yeah. Every night my chick does that. She's like, roll over, you're not breathing. Yeah. It's fucking bad. And then you snap on her probably because I would be like, I've gotten you, better. why did you wake me up for it? Now we're both up. Yeah, right. Because yeah, right, the, yeah. the girl wakes up, she's like, I can't sleep. And I'm yeah. like, well, now we're both not fucking sleeping. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, yeah it, it, causes, it causes a lot of problems in, in relationships, I would imagine. That, you know, and, and girls like, oh, that, you know, that's my man. Let him sleep. Let him do it. He's not sleeping. He's dying. He's fucking dying yeah. next to you. Um, it finally got to the point where I was like forced to, to get the machine. And the first night I slept, I think it tells you how much you sleep, about five hours. You know, you'll, you'll be surprised at how little you'll sleep when you get real sleep. You don't need eight hours on a deep REM fucking sleep, wow. man. Five hours and you're going all day. You wake up a new person. Um, and she was like, now you look like one of those athletes like that's on the treadmill where they're like fucking hooked up <laughs> to all the shit, you know. Yeah. But she's like, it's rad though. She goes, it, it looks like you look healthy because you're sleeping, you're breathing. There's no more fucking noise. You don't snore anymore. You don't make any more noise. Also, what you're doing too is you're probably yelling in your sleep and all that shit too. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Because you're I'm not having you're not, fights that I'm not winning for sure. Yeah. Uh, that's from sleep apnea. You're not in a deep enough sleep, so that all goes away. There's no more of that shit. You sleep 
completely fucking silent. The machine is silent. It's just like rushing air is what it sounds like. Um, now, I'm a hypocrite as well because uh, I probably only... And this is what's fucking crazy is um, you're going to notice something. I love quick fixes. You know, yeah. I love a quick fix. Oh, that's bothering you? Fix it. Boom. It's done. I don't like the whole like... Yeah, you know, use this machine, and in four or five months, you might feel a little bit of a difference in your livelihood. Fuck that, then. Yeah, you know, I'm not gonna put up with this shit. Uh, be bothered with this. Fuck that. The long result thing. The next day, you feel like a different person when you when you sleep with the sleep uh, CPAP machine. Mm. That's the third time I've heard that. Yeah, the third time. The Tom told me that, and another homie said I woke up in fucking tears. Because yeah. I've never experienced what real fucking sleep was like. Dude, Jesus it's Christ. gnarly. You, you coffee is out. If you drink coffee, you're gonna fucking kill somebody. You know, like, <laughs> you you don't need a nap. No more naps. You go hard. The problem is, if I get six, seven hours of sleep on it, I won't sleep the next night. What? Because I got so much fucking sleep, real sleep. My Jesus. body doesn't know how to fall back asleep again. I'm going. So that's where weed comes in. Uh-huh. Um, if you're claustrophobic at all going to be tough to fall asleep uh i have friends that just it's nothing to them they put it on and then their life changes and they never go back me i still struggle with the act of falling asleep is hard for me mm-hmm. um so a lot of times what i do uh is i'll fall asleep then you wake up to piss or whatever in a couple hours and then you come back so tired that you just throw the machine on and go to, you fall right back asleep you know that's not good either. Just learn how to fall asleep with the goddamn machine on. Right. Make it a routine. And then there's nights where I don't even, I don't sleep with it. You know, I use it probably 60, to maybe 70% of the time. Sometimes I'm just lazy. Yeah. And I don't, you know, the machine requires some maintenance. Um, it's, a, it, it's a lifestyle change, you yeah. know, like you have to stay up on it, but it's just like uh, you're maintaining your motorcycle, you right. know, like, um, uh, you, you, you just have to take care of that machine. That machine will take care of you, and it's problem solved. You know, who knows down the road? There is things I hear that there's a surgery you can get now, but I also hear it's bullshit. Mm. Uh, the only foolproof way to get real sleep, to not die from it, is to have the machine. Like go to an airport now, and you'll trip because you know people. You, you bring them on a plane, you know, and yeah. they, they have their own case. You know, before you have, if you don't have to, you don't know what that. Right. You think they're carrying this right. little briefcase thing, you right. know. Maybe a computer holder, it looks like a little. Uh, now you look around and every motherfucker there, every race, every build, every, you know, there's guys that are pro athletes carrying these sleep apnea machines oh, around. Oh, shit. You know? I'm it, going to make the phone call tomorrow about getting oh, okay, a you fucking heard it. physical. You I, heard hey, it. Well, right, right here now. I'm saying it here now. Tomorrow, well, that's I'll send the thing the text. That, that's the thing that stops a lot of people, too. As men, we don't want to be vulnerable and go to the doctor right. and, you know, get a finger up your ass and all that kind of stuff, <laughs> yeah, you, know? Yeah, yeah. you know? I like it's, it. It's, 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 we avoid it at all costs, all you right. know? Um, you know, this, it, it's, it's a little bit invasive. They don't put a finger in, in your ass, you know? What a relief. Yeah. But they, <laughs> what they do, though, is um, you're going to have to get some sleep so they can see how many times you're waking up so they know how to calibrate the machine. So that kind of stuff is, it's a little bit invasive. It's a little bit... Uh, Throws you off a little bit, but you go and you know you're like, yo, I'm going to handle this problem, yeah. fix this fucking problem, and uh, you know, like I said, if, if we do this podcast and somebody listens to this, and if one person uh, DMs us or whatever and says like, yo, man, I got the fucking machine, like, mm-hmm. 
that'll be worth it to me. Like, I hate to be the preachy guy. And, you know, with the whole sober thing, you'll never hear me preach any of that. But I, I feel so strongly about the sleep apnea thing. I don't want to see any of my friends die from it. And they will. And I know the majority of my friends have this shit. Wow. And they're just ignorant, man, you know? So, fuck it. I'm going to preach it. I'll be the guy that, if I got to be that nerd. This is the hill you die on. Yeah. If I got to be the nerd, I'll be the nerd. I don't care, you know? I never felt that way. Sobriety, I'm just like, well, that's their own mission. Every Not everything isn't for everybody. And I feel like I sounded like... Um, like I'm a holier than thou type dude to be like you drink ew yeah right. Right. that works for you it yeah. works for you but sleep apnea there's no way around it there's it no sneaky there's no sneaky way around it you just you either do it this way and you fix it and it, it, I'd be so happy to to know that that guys are taking care yeah. of that problem it'll help you in your relationship it'll help you in your business. It'll help just the way you feel every day. Goddamn, yeah. I'm gonna try to get it. I literally <laughs> wake up and I feel like absolute dog shit. It's impossible for me yeah. to get out of the bed. Four four energy drinks. Yeah, the majority of the time you take you at least drink three. And, and, and the energy drinks, it's so bad. He for says you, three. You know, that's that, what I'm worried about. Like I needed, I haven't had a physical since I got out of the Marine Corps in 2012. Mm. So I have, yeah, I haven't had a physical <laughs> yeah. since then. So I need to get that done, and then I'm immediately just gonna be like, shoot me the sleep study because the guy that told you that he told me he woke up in tears from his first night with the machine. He said he did the sleep study. They woke him up in the middle of it and were like, put this on. Yeah. It's so fucking bad. Put oh, so this you, on now. You do a sleep study in front of the doctors? You can. Yeah. Oh, yeah. no shit. Or you, they can like hook you up to a Well, they don't machine. like surround your bed and hear <laughs> them just like... With a clipboard. <laughs> there he goes. There he goes. Like, like, what the <laughs> fuck is wrong with this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> fucking they're, wanking they're, me off or they're, something. They're <laughs> out of the room and stuff. Like, it. It, But it's still hard to sleep. Because you know. Hell yeah. There's a million... You know, it's like... It's almost like sleeping on this podcast right now. There's cameras all over yeah, and right. microphones and everything, and they're they're measuring what it is. But you know, it's nothing they haven't seen a million times yeah. already, man. Like, like pop wood, you know, oh. blood gets a flowing. <laughs> yeah. you know? That's a guaranteed. <laughs> fucking a, Danny. Thank you so much for coming out and spending this fucking Monday with us, man. Well, thank you guys for having me, man. I really appreciate what you guys do, man. Much respect with the LFG and grow this thing and fucking. You know, spread that PMA for sure. That's man. right. It, That's all we can do. Appreciate yeah. it, man. Fucking A. Hit it, Johnny. <laughs> Fuck, man. Yeah, that was good. Killer.